Hey folks, I'm Kevin. And I'm Kevin. Welcome to the Dark, Dark Windows, Windows Podcast. Just a disclaimer, we are going to cover some topics that may be not for everyone. And we're going to use some language that's definitely not for everyone. So sit back and enjoy the show. Or don't, that's fine. There is no one who knows me or who has ever known me who knows anything about me, really. They're going to tell you something that does not line up with anything I tell you, because I'm two different people, basically. And that is a direct quote from our subject for this week and next week here on the Dark Windows podcast. It's going to get a little heavy. We are talking about serial killer Israel Keys. Yeah, we're switching it up, going to a, going to a real monster. And it turns out when you look into real monsters, there's way more information than there is on the cryptozoological cryptozoological ones and they're just as scary worse yeah i I would rather run into a fucking goat man than this guy true true because he had no like particular type of he he didn't have a type of people he would kill he would kill anybody he got a chance at yeah um but before we get going too far we want to start off with saying thank you to our sponsor studio headphones Go check them out over at uh, www.studio.com forward slash US. Look at, uh, check into all of their all of their different types of headphones. We are actually both using the Regent right now, which are awesome. Um, I've had mine for about a week. I've had mine for a couple. A couple. Yeah. A couple weeks. I love them. I've, I've had mine, well, I got them fully charged uh, the day they came in, and I've been using them on Bluetooth ever since then. And I haven't charged them yet. This is the first time I've ever actually plugged the auxiliary cable in. And that's just for recording. Um, and, his, and Kevin's wife has... Uh, she has the Vasa, yeah. which are the uh, behind-the-ear, uh, wired-together ones with a little remote. Um, she loves them. She uses them all the time. Like, she's on lunch break at work. She's got them in listening to stuff. Um, mostly Color Me Dead. She likes that show a lot. <laughs> but I think we do, too, because uh, we've got a... We, we've got friends there. We, we like them. Um, but back to it. If you go to studio.com and you find something that you will like, and I can assure you, you will. You and, probably will. And you go to the promo code before you check out, put in dark windows, and we'll take 15% off for you. So without further ado, let's get into this prick. Yeah, let's, uh, I hope you all like to enjoy this show. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy listening to this more than we haven't than we've enjoyed researching it because I've I've been losing sleep researching over this guy and yeah, the first day that he oh. Kevin started in, well, not really the first day. It was more like maybe the third or fourth day. No, maybe it was the second. It was the second day. Yeah, was... you 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 go like, dude, I fucking hate this guy. I, I love serial killers. I like talking about serial killers. And this is the first one that I have listened to shit about 
I want to punch him right in the face. There's like six hours of uh, of interviews through the uh, with the FBI on their uh, on their YouTube page that I'm going to have links to in next week's episodes. We have watched every single minute of those and every time this guy laughs i want to reach into the tv and just <laughs> <laughs> i want to punch him in the balls until he's just got a sack of like fucking applesauce yeah also spoiler alert i do not feel bad that this guy killed himself in prison i mean i kind of feel bad that he didn't get to go to trial and stand in front of a you know jury for what he did but the fact that he's dead doesn't bother me <laughs> not even in the slightest yeah, and I don't think it bothered uh, looking at some of the stuff from like funeral and everything. It almost seemed like it didn't bother almost anything else, anyone else either. I mean, I guess his siblings and the mother I mean, were his, sad. His mom and like four of his sisters showed up. That was it. Yeah, yeah, you heard yeah. that right. Four of his sisters. Um, yeah. So, but, do we want to start off at the end, like what we got in the show notes, or do we want to start right from the early life? Because I mean, well, kind of what's. With this guy, you almost have to start at the end to get to the beginning. Well, what got him caught was he was pulled over. March 16th, 2012. Yep, in Lufkin, Texas. And this was, uh, he was pulled over because the vehicle that he was driving matched the description along with, well, description and the license plate matched the description of a vehicle that was seen by an ATM camera. After after a guy had taken money out of a bank and then it took off, and, you know, and it was the, the the money that was being used, the, the ATM card that was being used, turns out was one of his victims. Yeah, Samantha and Koenig. The thing that that uh, the guy he he portrays himself as being the smartest man on the face of the earth. When he went up to the ATM machine, he had a mask on. He wore gloves when he was handling the card didn't think far enough ahead to say, well, I'm going to put a mask on so the camera doesn't see me. But when I pull out of here, it's going to see my license plates. Don't you think you would have taken them off until you got around the corner, then got out, put them back on? If you're the, the, Okay, I will give the guy credit. He was smart with how he did things. But he was stupid with how he got caught. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess before we get too much further, you wanted to... Say a little thank you. Yeah, I, I wanted to say uh, thank you to Nikki at Color Me Dead uh, for taking time out of her busy schedule as a mom and researcher slash host of of uh, Color Me Dead. Her and Angel do an awesome job. I love the show. Um, their last episode made me physically angry listening to it because of how terrible the police work was. Um, I You guys need to check it out. If, if you're into true crime, go listen to it. It's uh, uh, Justice for DJ is what it's called. It, it will make you angry. Yeah. With, she, and, she, it, and as soon as she found out we were doing this and we, we were having a little bit of trouble, she's like, I'll help, I'll help, I'll she's do like, it, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, what do you need? And I'm like, well, we need some stuff with his early life. She's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And uh, I, I did want to apologize to her because she did some of her research from the same book that I did through Audible. And it's a great book. The narrator is just how he could make a case like this sound like somebody reading from a math textbook. I have no idea. He's so boring, but the book itself is good. Yeah. So, Israel Keys. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Just his name just I make it makes me want to hit him. Yeah. Born, Dig up his corpse and beat him to death with an aluminum bat or something. <laughs> yeah. Born January 7th, 
1978. Fucker's only two years older than me. Yeah, well, not anymore because he's dead. So now yeah. you're older than him. In <laughs> Richmond, Utah, his parents were Heidi uh, Hankinson. Hankinson, I think Hankinson. that's probably... Uh, Hankinson, he's uh, Swedish. Yeah, I think Swedish. that's Norwegian. Norwegian, yeah. sorry, Norwegian, yes. And his father was Jeffrey... John, John Jeffrey Keys. Whoa, I read that wrong. John Jeffrey Keys, yes. Uh, they were. He was the second of nine kids. Yeah. So did we mention that? Uh, have we gotten to the point where they were Mormons? Because I mean, no. They, <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I know a Mormon family in a town close to here, and they breed like rabbits. They, when I was in high school, there was uh, uh, the girl that went to school with a few of my friends was like the. 12th of 15 at that point in time and they were still having kids hey so, yeah they you know nothing, they're, wrong, they're with, nice nothing wrong with mormons i've never met a never met a, a rude mormon i've just you know you know uh the name israel i didn't know until i just saw that yeah, I, saw, I didn't either saw your stuff yeah means who prevails with god or he who struggles with god yeah well guess what that last one actually makes sense yeah for yeah. for this asshole so there was uh Five girls and four boys, and he was this. Uh, I don't know if we met. I think I just messaged it, but he was the second of the of the nine. He was the second born, the first male. Uh huh. Yep. He had an older sister. Then it was him. Uh, when he was a small boy, the family moved from Utah to Colville, Utah. Yeah, Colville. I just said <laughs> they moved from Utah to Utah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Right? They moved from Colville, Washington. Um, to Jesus Christ, kid! They moved from Utah to Colville, Washington. That's what I there was going to say. Finish your sentence. Thank you. <laughs> wow, <laughs> dyslexic or something tonight? No, it's because both of us have slept like three hours since we started researching this dickhead. Well, uh, so the town was uh, was a really small town. So freaking small. Well, we'll get into the oh yes, we how will. small it is. How uh, small was it? <laughs> uh, they lived in a, a small cabin, and it had wood stove, no electricity. Uh, the kids were homeschooled because they're Mormon. Well, I don't know if it was because they're Mormon, but well, a lot of Mormon it, kids it are homeschooled. Probably had something to do with it, but also the fact that their parents were a little strange. I mean, if you homeschool your kids, that's fine, because what they learn in public schools is probably bullshit anyway. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but they were strange, but they weren't out of the norm. No. I would for, say. Not for the Northwest. No, not, not for, like, really anywhere. I mean, some are, I don't know. Some, when looking at this, you think that, well, okay, because mom... Took her faith a little too serious. Yeah, well, that's a that's lot a, of people in the a, South take their faith really serious. That's true, and that's also a fairly common thing with serial killers. Is you have that one overbearing parent, usually either with religion or uh, just trying to make sure that you're going to be the best at whatever they want you to do. Doesn't matter what you want to do. You know, you want to play violin, and your dad's like, "No, motherfucker, you're going to be a starter for the Oakland A's," which. I mean, I'd rather play violin because the A's suck, but yeah. You know, but but they. I mean, it's, it seemed like his family was, you know. Well, we'll get into that yeah. a little bit, but I mean, they they did get grotesque. Did they get grossed out or they got pissed because of things he did? Yeah, 
Um, so, I mean, not like some parents where they just really didn't give a shit of some families that were guys that were serial killers. I mean, that's what I got. Yeah. Know, that like, I, hey, he, he we, could, we could agree on that he one. He didn't have the same kind of upbringing that a lot of serial killers did where they no, were. No, his, his, grandfather, his grandfather wasn't also his father. Yeah, the like Ted, Ted Bundy. Bundy. No, like he wasn't uh, like sexually abused or emotionally abused as far as we can tell. Uh, they were just overbearing parents. Yeah, I mean, at, once in a while, everybody's parents are. You know, it happens. Yeah. This is now. This is the fucked up part that I that. Well, I guess it's not really fucked up, but they joined a. I don't know if they joined a church. I don't. Think they, they started actually, attending. Yeah, yeah. They attended ceremonies or ceremonies masses. I would say mass. Yeah, ceremonies mass. makes it sound like it's a cult. <laughs> well, wink, wink. No. <laughs> Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, no, they, they, they started attending a Christian identity church named the Ark, which is known for racist and anti-Semitic views, where I think his mother's still part of it. I wouldn't. I believe so. But the thing is, going forward with this guy, that didn't really make a difference um, because no. he he did go on to have a kid with a, a woman who was half black, half Native American, and it. It, I mean, I don't really think that this part of it really stuck with him. I don't think. I don't think he was. No. And it's like the only three confirmed victims of this guy are all white. You know, <laughs> so obviously he's not like oh, I don't like black people. I'm going to kill all these white people instead. Doesn't make any difference. That had nothing to do with. No. With how he turned out, I don't think. Definitely not. Um. Let's see, he, he liked to learn uh, carpentry and had a natural talent for it. He built his first cabin when he was 16, which yeah. is pretty fucking good. Actually, I, when I find the pictures of it, I'll put them up in the show notes. Pretty damn good work for a 16-year-old working on it by himself. Yeah, we saw him that, uh, that yeah. documentary on uh, on YouTube, Yeah, that, uh, Dark Minds thing. Yeah, he did have a – he did oh, did really damn he was good a, work. He was a damn good carpenter. Like, when we get into it further, um, there was some stuff where they talk about one of his – past employers the guy said that like this guy wouldn't even stop for lunch breaks he would just work and like he was one of these you know measure three times cut once you know and he was just laser focused when he started doing something and that had a lot to do yeah. with uh, his extracurricular activities other than work well that was one of the one of the things I because he probably... was the same way when he was out uh, out hunting pretty much uh he, I guess he worked for a general contractor in Colville from 1995 to 97. Now, in the 90s at some point, so they went from, went from the left coast to the right coast. Yeah. They moved, Literally. They, it says, uh, you know, in the, in, the late ni- in, in the late 90s, the family moved to an Amish community in Smyrna, Maine, where they made maple syrup. Not as good as we do, obviously. Uh <laughs> They attended uh, Amish services for a year, few years, but never actually became part of the Amish community. Uh, th- this family changed religion like most people change socks. But really, they didn't really change religion, though. No, but it kind of, sort of, here and there. It's it's more of a a flavor. Mm, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 still ice cream, but it's not peach. Not strawberry, but vanilla. It's like green tea ice cream. Yeah, it's just a, it, it, <laughs> or, or you know something close to that where it's 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 the same thing, but they preach a little bit different. Yeah, 
People who knew the family said that his mother came across as as creepy and cult-minded, which is kind of part of that like overbearing religious part of it, I think. Uh, it got to the point where the kids actually had to go over to friends' houses to watch movies. Their mother also wouldn't let them play a musical instrument because she believed it was against God. Which, I, that, that, that part blew my mind. I had no idea what the hell playing a musical instrument had to do with being like, oh, you work for the devil, you're playing a flute. Well, I mean, you There's know. only one instrument that's of the devil, and that's the skin flute. And if you're good at playing it, it's all that matters. You make uh, a living out of it. I Yes, sure. Or belly drums. I'm pretty good at belly drums. Ooh, belly drums? Yes, sir. Hmm. So Israel was described as the prince of the family, and all the younger children looked up to him. I mean, the, which so, is what I, I can I. It's a stupid term, but I can understand it. He was the firstborn boy, so everybody, most people, that if you have an older brother, you generally, when you're a kid, you look up to your older brother, right? So when you have, you know, seven kids that are younger than you in your family, they're probably going to look up to you. That makes sense. Yeah. It's that oldest oldest son syndrome. Yeah, and it's it's just a weird way of putting it, but yeah, I, I kind of and it's because I mean the the daughter and son, you know, daughter oldest daughter competes with it for uh, for the whole, you know, oh hey, you know, I'm the oldest. But when he was seventeen, said he had a huge falling out with his parents. And he had enough of religion and declared himself an atheist. Now, see, I found something contradictory hmm. to that. I don't know where this came from because I found something that later on said that later in his life, not at 17, but it was later on that he said that he was – that he claimed to be an atheist. This this information came from a book called uh, Devil in the Darkness by J.T. Hunter is the author of it. Um, like – like I said before, book's good. The narrator just sucks the fucking interest right out of it. Well, being an atheist, you know, he kind of, I don't know. I mean, it, it just shows that he, that he didn't really give a rat's ass about religion at all. Yeah, and I just I, but just by looking, just by watching the films, he, he didn't. Yeah, and I, I think that might have had part of the uh, might may have had something to do with. I know people are going to be like, well, being an atheist doesn't make you a serial killer. It doesn't, but I think in this case, it didn't hurt the fact that he was killing people because he didn't give a shit about where he was going after he died. So it didn't bother him to go out and kill people. You know, I mean, I'm not a yeah. not an overly religious person, but, you know, yeah. you think about what you want to do. with a, And also, if you treat people nice and not be a piece of shit, it's just good, you know? Exactly. <laughs> he, uh... He, oh. he he he! I get when he was younger though, he did carry around a thirty-eight with I, him. I did want to go back oh. real quick. Oh yeah, with sorry. A, we'll um, go back to the thirty-eight. Like uh, we keep coming back to his overbearing mom. When she found out that he was an atheist at the age of seventeen, she kicked him out of the house and forbade his brothers and sisters from speaking to him. No, see that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Because if if they said not going to speak to him at all. Why would later on in his life, he goes to a sister's wedding? Because when you were a kid, did you do everything that your parents told you to do? Or did you say, oh, well, now oh, they said I'm not supposed to do yeah, that, so must, I'm going to do it anyway. They must have forgave him then, I mean, for you know, becoming an atheist. Either that or it's one of those things where it's like it's a big moment in somebody's life. So even if you haven't been there for the whole part of their life, 
you're still going to go to your sister's wedding. Even if you guys don't talk, you're still going to go. Yeah. You know. So back to, you know, when he was, I don't know. I think you said he was like 13 or 14. Yeah, something around there. He he was given a 38 special by his grandfather. Yep. Um, which, which, which is kind of a, it's kind of almost like a rite of passage. It's like back in, back in the eighties, getting a, a firearm from a grandparent was, I mean, shit, even in the nineties when I was growing up, getting a rifle from a parent is a normal thing. It's kind of, it's a rite of passage sort of right. thing, you know, for, cause I, I'm going to guess that his grandfather, his father, I bet you they were hunters. I would imagine. Yeah. You know, and, um, well, so, I mean, also think about it like this. He was born in 78. So his grandfather was, I mean, if he was an American citizen, which I'm guessing he was, there's a probably a pretty good chance he was in World War II, or at least involved in the war effort in some capacity. Or it could have been Korea. Mm, yeah, somewhere in there, but still. My grandfather was in Korea. So. Right, but like I said, somewhere in that in that yeah. neck of the woods, timeline-wise. Yeah. Um, so he took, this is the part that, you know, links him to other serial killers. Right. He takes the thirty-eight, goes out into the woods with a cat. And a couple of his friends. And a couple of his friends that were visiting, right, wasn't I, it? Yeah, they, they were staying there for like a week or whatever. Yeah. Just like, you know, yeah, as so, you do when you're a teenager. So they go out in the woods and he puts the cat down. And he says, I'm going to shoot the cat. They're like, what do you shoot the cat for? Because the cat getting, was getting in the garbage. Yeah, what a dickhead. As a friend, I'd be like, what the fuck? You're going to shoot a fucking cat because it was getting into your garbage? Dude, do you know how many dead animals I'd have at my house if we shot them every time they got into the trash? God damn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my dog would be dead. Fucking, your dog would have been dead ten, like ten, ten 30 times over. times over. Yeah, something like that. But he he takes it out, shoots the cat in the stomach. And I, well, didn't he just like yeah, he just watched it run around a tree for yeah. a little bit and then it died and he just kind of sat there and watched it and the other Smirked two people the like, other two ah. people are like what the fuck are you doing one of them starts throwing up and yeah i think that's when he that point in time in his life where he realized i have to keep the real me inside and only let him out to play when i'm not around other people because this is what they think of the actual me when i'm being myself yeah which is it, it, it. Which is, I don't know if it's it's kind of a an oddball thing. It's almost because not too many serial killers, you know. I don't think really like think that way. No, uh, well, I don't know because a lot of them kind of I don't know. A lot of them can can like compartmentalize stuff, but they don't. But they don't go. Hmm, this they, makes people sad. Exactly. Uh, yeah, probably shouldn't do that. Well, that, that's what made this guy different, is all of these serial killers that were around back in the 60s and 70s, like, the real prolific guys, like the Bundys, the Gacy's, uh-huh. all of these guys, he studied them and saw what kind of caused their downfall and just went, nah, I'm not going to do that. I, I did find... You mentioned Bundy. The guy, the, this guy was fucking scary. You mentioned Bundy. I have yeah. to, I have to just, uh, he... Actually, I found that he claimed to like Bundy, I guess. Bundy was his uh, mentor, per se. Right. Um, Murder mentor. Yeah. Yeah, so he, like, you know, 
I mean, if think about it, followed him. If yeah, th- there's there's not many other guys that got away with what Ted Bundy did for that long, and the only reason he got caught is because he went batshit bug fuck nuts at the very end and tore up that sorority house at Florida State. So if he could figure out how he was doing this, and then just not go crazy completely. Well, yeah, he he, he said he, he that he. And he admired him, but he also liked his uh, tendency to kill. Right, right. Which, but the big difference between the two of them is Ted Bundy had a type. He had he liked brunette, you know, brunette women with their hair set like parted down the middle. Israel Keys was a convenience killer. Like if there was somebody running down a path, he's like, yeah. I can snatch this woman, kill her in the woods. Nobody will ever know. Or he stalked them, like yeah. Went grocery shopping. Yeah, yeah. He se. he compared picking vic like in one of the interviews he compares picking victims to picking fruit at the grocery store. You check them all out. You figure out which one you think is the best, and then you throw it in your cart. And I was like, this guy's a yeah. fucking animal. That's it. We'd all I think we'd also had heard that uh, going back to the the killing of animals and mm-hmm. stuff. He, he he kind of like he did it more than just once with people out there. And it got back to their parents. Right. Which. I don't want you hanging out with that weird cheese boy yeah, anymore. Yeah. Which then got back to somehow to his parents. And his parents must have done guess, something to him. Dude, if, if you're at your friend's house and you start, you know, setting shit on fire, <laughs> you know, their friend's parents are going to go, well, I'm going to talk to your parents about you trying to set my dress on fire you little fucking monster exactly you know he he did have some strange uh neighbors yeah we, we, we'll, we'll get into them in just a second i did want to um actually no yeah let me get let me get into them now um he grew up next to a family uh last name of kehoe up in uh, up in colville they were fucked up yeah like big time they uh the Keo family, uh, more importantly, uh, Chevy, and I kid you not, his name is pronounced Chevy because that was his daddy's favorite brand of truck, and his brother's name was Cheyenne, which I'm guessing is his daddy's favorite model of Chevy. Just fucking, like, this is just the most trailer park thing. <laughs> Don't forget his, his sister, Pontiac Fierro. <laughs> fucking dirtbags. Pontiac Fierro Keys. Yeah. Okay, I mean, uh, Keys Kehoe. Yeah. Um, so they tended the same damn yep. church and these, the, this family got way, way into the, into the racism and all that bullshit. They took that shit literal. Yeah. Um, so I think we kind of need to take a moment to talk about these guys, um, uh, and their dirtbag daddy Kirby, uh, like I said, Chevy was named after his dad's favorite car, which is a Chevy, uh, Kirby and Gloria, the parents, uh, pulled Chevy and Cheyenne from public school in 1988. They were raised with some pretty extreme white supremacist and anti-government views, and uh, Chevy would go on to form a white nationalist militia to take down the government. As you do when you're a white trash piece of shit scumbag. Duh. Right. I mean, you know, don't don't necessarily agree with the United States government, but I'm not going to form a militia of toothless meth heads to help me take them down either, because that's probably not your you know <laughs> your best option for wait, for wait. recruitment <laughs> first off who says they're toothless i'm just you know taking a wild guess i'd be surprised if that whole family had a full set of teeth between them 
Maybe. It's really weird though when you see uh, when you see Chevy's mug shots from prison. He looks almost exactly like Edward Norton's character from American History X. He's like got the skinhead, like little goatee and stuff. Kind of thinking maybe that's where the character sprays from. Maybe, maybe, you know, because they do look a lot alike. Huh. Um. So in 1995, Chevy and his dad Kirby robbed the home of William Muller in Tilly, Arkansas. Those who rob together stay together. Yeah, <laughs> the family that fucks your cousins together sticks together generally. Maybe. Uh, Muller was a gun dealer who had a large collection, lots of ammo, and cash. Three things that any dirtbag needs when they're trying to create a white state. Of course. <laughs> In June of 95, Kehoe and, a, and, a, and an accomplice kidnapped and robbed Malcolm and Jill Friedman, a Jewish couple who owned a store in which uh, Kehoe had once been employed. Then a few months later, in January of 96, he returned to the Mueller, uh, Mueller home where he and an accomplice, Daniel, Lee, uh, Daniel Lewis Lee, murdered William, his wife, Nancy Ann, and his stepdaughter, Sarah Elizabeth Powell. That's where he got the, a na- his, his nickname. Is it like the family slayer or some shit like yeah, that? Yeah, annihilator, family annihilator or yeah, something. He, yeah, he was a fucking dickhead. Um, after they killed, um, after they killed the Mullers, they dumped their bodies in the nearby swamp. Um, in February of 1997, uh, Chevy and his brother were involved in a shootout at <laughs> were involved with a shootout with an Ohio State Highway Patrol trooper and a deputy sheriff in Wilmington, Ohio. The shootout was reported on the trooper's dash cam and was widely broadcast. It was fucked up. Yeah. Did you actually watch yeah. it? Yeah. I watched it. I mean, it, it, it was dull at the beginning because they're like, went up. The, the, there was one trooper. He went up, talked with them. You want to come back here? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I don't want any trouble. I don't want any trouble. You know, and, and, then and it then, turns into some fucking devil's reject shit. And it's. <laughs> Yeah, the fuck, what was it, wasn't it uh, Cheyenne or one of the two got fucking shot to shit, and Chevy drove the fuck off. He's like, fuck you, I'm yep. out. Yep. Um, it was actually, uh, the, the dashboard footage was actually aired on a, in an episode of uh, uh, World's Scariest Police Shootouts in 1997. I'm going to try to find it on YouTube, because if I can, I'll put it on here. Um, oh, I yeah, it's on there. I, I'm pretty, I watched it. Oh, so. awesome. Send me a link to it, and we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll have to. Um, Chevy was sentenced to life in prison with the, without the possibility of parole for the role in his death for his role in the deaths of the Mueller family. His accomplice was was sentenced to death. So I'm almost wondering if maybe Chevy didn't commit the murders himself, but since he was there, he didn't get as much of a. Or maybe the other guy's the one that killed the kid, and the jury was just like, "No, fuck you, string his ass up." little bit of a fun fact, Chevy is incarcerated at the Florence Admax uh, Federal Prison in Florence, Colorado, which is the same prison that a guy that I think will probably end up covering at some point in time, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, is locked up in in the same prison. I'd be curious if they're like in the same cell block, you know, because Ted Ted Kaczynski was kind of a boring dude. I could see Chevy just like... Fucking nerd and like giving him wedgies and shit like that because yeah, he's a prick. <laughs> Ted's in the 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 convalescent side of the of the prison. Well, now because he's nine hundred years old. He was nine hundred years old when they arrested him. He was like sixty when he got caught. Was it really? I thought it was seventies. Eh, late sixties, seventies, somewhere in there. Hmm. But I mean, even when he was on when he was in prison, like I've seen some of the letters he was writing to people. He seemed like a fucking just boring nerd. 
I don't believe I should be here. I need money on my uh, my commissary card so I can buy more gum. Fucking loser. Yeah, but... Dude. He can make shit out of nothing. Dude, he made bombs out of fucking wood and cardboard. Exactly. The only metal in some of those was the projectiles. Like, the firing mechanisms and shit like that was all made out of wood. Yeah. That's crazy. He's the Geppetto of bombing people. Yes. Yeah, that was a Pinocchio reference. Suck it. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> very good. So, did uh, did growing up next to a family of psychopaths like that, that attended that white supremacist rallies and churches like the Kios did, did that have anything to do with no. how Israel Keys turned out, you think? No. No, I don't, I don't believe it did either. Which is weird. Which is really, um, which is really fucking weird that you don't, because uh, I, I saw it and I was like, you know, I bet you we're going to find something where Israel Keys and Chevy did something together. Did some fucking weird shit, like, where they fucking I, killed cats or... Dude, I don't... I You know what I think they probably did together? They probably played fucking baseball and shit like that together like normal kids. But... Maybe. You know, I... Not to say... Because you know, it's like... I mean, Chevy had a reason that he was the way he was because his parents were fucking, like bottom of the barrel dirt bags and when you're like that your kids tend to be like that too but yeah but when you're when you're when you're raised in that situation only way you know is to raise your kids in that situation exactly it's like uh people that you know like people that go on to be uh uh like abusive spouses a lot of the time it's because when they were growing up dad used to smack mom around so it was normal so that's just how they continue to live because it was normal life when they were a kid. They exactly. don't know any different. Exactly. But for some, for some, for some, then there's some people that get past it and go, that's not the person I'm going to be. It's like, um, uh, it's like growing up with, uh, alcoholics. You know, yeah. It's a, it's a normal thing to see uncle so-and-so shit faced hammered every time I see him. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's get back. So let's yeah. get back to this. Go, uh, uh, so during his childhood years, keys would walk around with, with the pistol that his grandfather gave him. Uh, he carried it with him pretty much everywhere. It's kind of strange, but it, there are some reports that he had homemade silencers that he was making out of like PVC and stuff like that for, for his revolver, huh. which goes to show you like kind of how crafty he really is. Um, he also had some friends that they would uh, they'd break into houses and burglarize them, which was another thing that he would continue to do later on in life. Oh yeah, um, and uh, he committed his well, according to him. Yeah, let's uh, let's get ac- into that. According to him, he committed his first murder or or rape when he was what? How old was he? Uh, like 17 or something like that? 17 uh, or 18, right? Somewhere in there, because uh, it was right before he went into the army. It was uh, yeah. around 97, 98, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, he, he uh, would have sort of been 90. Because he went into. It was the... like 97, I think. Yeah. he went in 98. Yeah. So, so yeah, he. he, he... Do, do you want me to cover it? Yeah, yeah, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, well, he, he told investigators that before he, he joined the army, he couldn't remember if it was 97, 98, whatever. Uh, that he raped a younger, uh, young teenage girl in Oregon. Uh, she was floating down the river with her friends, and he stalked her through the trees. Um, 
he took her he kind of like snagged her from the group uh took her up into the woods and raped her and uh he had intended to kill her but instead he just put her back on her on her fucking inner tube back out in the water and just let her float off so that was his uh his first real yeah, cause he, yeah cause dipping he, his toe into the the heavy shit yeah he, he tended to kill her but it was like eh, yeah no nah, i don't think so which i almost which shows restraint on his part which is weird because a lot of serial killers just like get to get into the moment and then they do it not really i I'll, you're right with the serial killers where they're just like but their thing is like when they um like with ted bundy when he would commit a rape he'd go uh i gotta kill this woman so that she can't rat on me his i think mm-hmm. was more he probably would have killed her but he hadn't prepared himself to kill her he was like oh i i've got all the equipment i need to rape her but i don't have what i need to kill her and dispose, dispose of, of her where i'm not gonna yeah. get caught because he was as much of a bastard and a monster as he was he was smart he really was he was smart how he did stuff um, really was, and as Kevin said, I mean, he, he did join the military. He he was smart in the same way that Adolf Hitler was. Still a fucking monster, but a smart guy. Not saying I like either one of them because they both suck, and I hope they're in hell just getting butt fucked with sandpaper dildos forever. But, so anyway, but yeah. So he, he he joined the military in '98. Yep. Which would have put him at around 20 years old. No, like. 18, something like that. He, he was born in 78. So he would have been 20. Well, in 98. Well, 1920, depending on no, what he, he joined. Bo- he, well, 19, let's see. Uh, yeah, some, yeah. Okay. He he moved, he went to, now this is the weird part. I don't know, understand this. Why he went to Jersey. Apparently they don't have recruiting offices in Washington. Yeah. He goes to Jersey enlists in the army which is odd to me because it's almost like he was on his first scouting mission putting shit somewhere we'll get into that um he would then be stationed in fort lewis which is in tacoma washington Mm -hmm. and then he would uh then he went from there to fort hood in texas then he was stationed in egypt as well couldn't really figure like find out how long he was over there for um, yeah I don't know. but if it was i would guess probably bare minimum what six months probably probably i mean if he was just stationed there right you know at the, that was just a hey because it's, it's not like there was anything really going on in that section of the world at that point in time that, yeah. we, that we were involved in at least yeah um but to actually get true details because i mean this is probably could be hearsay yeah and you, you also know? have to remember who is giving them this information it's israel keys yeah because only ones that really can know his military background and i know this firsthand are relatives right so i think so the, it has to be like it would have to be his daughter she'd be able to get his his records and stuff like his that. daughter his mom right it wouldn't his be his sister it wouldn't be his wife because he wasn't married no Girlfriend but, couldn't do that. No. No, because, uh, I mean, even, hell, I had a hard time, my brother had a hard time uh, getting stuff on a grandfather. Yeah. And that was a, that's a, that's your grandfather, but you're not 
close enough of a relation. Right, which is so stupid. But he he did get information on him, which was, you know, which was kind of cool. Because you could get to go, get to find out more. So if we could, if, if there was some way of getting his information about, you know, him being enlisted I almost and all this wonder, stuff. I almost wonder cool. if, if you could get that through freedom of information because technically the FBI was involved in this case. So I think they would have all that, all those records on file. Maybe. But uh, th- that stuff takes like eight weeks to go through. Definitely. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But what, while he was in Egypt, he made friends with a guy named Sean McGuire who, who he shared uh, barracks with. Uh, McGuire never fully trusted him. Once they got into an argument, Israel told him that he would kill him. And McGuire was convinced that he was absolutely completely serious but this is also another thing we, we should probably touch on with this guy is he was a real heavy drinker um which kind of puts him into another category with a guy like jeffrey dahmer who was constantly hammered well because he would get hammered to forget his shit because he was gay and right didn't want to be seen he, as gay he had to be drunk to do what he did no he didn't he, no, he didn't give a fuck about it he was gay but he had to be drunk to be able to carry out what he did but when he was because jeffrey dahmer was in the army as well and he got housed because he was stationed in i believe in germany and he used to get hammered all the time tell people like i'm gonna kill you blah 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 you're gonna hear about me in the news someday this that the other so it was kind of that same mindset where when you get drunk the real the the monster comes out to play yeah um which which is the strange part i i I don't want to jump too far ahead but that was the real st- – what you just said was you're going to hear about me someday. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of the serial killers love, love – They love the notoriety. Love it. Love it. Absolutely want – want eat the shit up. They're like, wow, hey, you know. Yeah. Like, like Jeff, Jeff – you know, Jeff was like, you know, okay, you'll hear about me. But, but then you got like uh, Ted Bundy, you know. He, he's Dude. sitting in there. He's sitting – in, in in the courtroom, one arm over the over the chair, leaning back. He knew the photographers and be like, "What's you up? Want, you want to see the guy that that hammed it up the most for the notoriety? Richard Ramirez." I was just gonna say, Richard Dude, coming in with fucking pentagrams carved in his hands, and he's like, "I love Satan. Woo, look at me." Let's you know, we'll give him his credit. Richard Ramirez was a fucking monster. He had gorgeous hair. He did. Oh God, I was so jealous. He did. He did. He did. He did have some sexy hair. He had nice hair, dude. He. He looked like, uh, uh, like he was the first version of what Slash from Guns N' Roses should have been. <laughs> hmm. Before he got the really long hair? No, no, just in general. I mean, because with short hair, he kind of looked like a pro wrestler, but <laughs> Richard Ramirez did. Anyway, you guys didn't come here to listen to us talk about serial killer hair. See, and you think that, you know, we were just going to be all serious. <laughs> Oh, Come God. On. Wait for the Ted Bundy episode where I get to tell you about how he's actually George Bush. Probably is. Goddamn. Um, so, so while he was in Fort Lewis, because this goes into your drunk. Yep. It was uh, February 2001. Yeah. He got pulled over for DUI and only served one day in jail and got a $300 fine. But that's also wow. because he had no previous record. He had no criminal record up to this point in time. True. So they're probably just like, you know, don't well, do it again. Well, yeah, you're also a military guy. Right. And he probably got pulled over. But I bet you. Just off base. I bet. I bet he got 
in some deep shit oh, God, on yeah. base, though. Yeah. Like, he probably did got they po- take that shit serious? He probably got pulled over, like, just off base by a cop in town who was probably at some point in time stationed there. That was just like, yeah, you know what? We'll let you go a little easy. Or or they give slack to... Exactly. Yeah. You know, but this is... Now, this is the one fucking thing that... One of those few things that surprises the fuck out of me. That he was... Well, it doesn't really surprise me because of what he... You know, being a serial killer, good your job. Well, Trent, you know, he got that from military. Yep. He was so good at his fucking job that he received the service medal. Yep. He was a gunner and an assistant gunner. Another one that got some medals when he was in the military was uh, Timothy McVeigh. He was very good at his job. He was. You know, he uh, he wasn't so good at not getting away with bombing a place. Well, that's... Allegedly. Allegedly. Because <laughs> there's a lot of weird shit that goes into that one, too. Yeah. Still a piece of shit. <laughs> no doubt. Um, he, he later told investigators that uh, in 2001, he was honorably discharged from the Army... He then met a woman named Tammy Hawkins uh, shortly before he was discharged. This is the woman that I was telling you about where, you know, the whole him going to a white supremacist church didn't make any sense, any sense because Tammy was actually half uh, half African-American, half Native American. So being a white supremacist, those kind of things don't really, hmm. you know, they don't uh, they don't line up so good. Um, yeah. Uh, she moved to Naya Bay and he moved with her, which is up on the um, Olympic Peninsula, up in uh, Washington. from the Looks like a fucking gorgeous place to visit from the pictures I've seen of it. It's like really nice. Like, oh, yeah. Um, by this point in time, he was uh, he was about six feet tall. I mean, he, he, ended, he was around 6'1", six, 6'2", six, kind of. Um, didn't look it because he was kind of a weird, like, lanky, skinny guy, but he was actually real strong. Um he was uh, he was quiet and shy around people he didn't know, but when he was around his friends, he was completely the opposite. He was just you know life of the party, fucking slapping backs and you know putting lampshades on his head and shit. Um, See, this is hitting way too close to home. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's just like, are we really serial killers in disguise, dude? I'm the guy that if I go to a party and there's people there that I don't know and there's a dog, I'm gonna hang out with the dog because I don't like people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're... You know, yeah. fuck the cats though. I'm gonna hang out with your dog. Uh huh. But I don't like you people. I like we go to a, like we go to a a function or something with my wife. I'm like I'll stick with her, and then she'll like wander off. And I'm like hmm, 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 uh, I got a drink. Oh God, there's a dog. Thank you. I just run over. Hey, buddy. <laughs> uh, so he worked for uh for a short period of time. He worked for the Parks and Recreations Department and did construction work uh, for them. The member, uh, the members of his community said that he was a super nice, respectable guy. That he was always like going out of his way to help people, um, and uh, you'd actually be really surprised with how many serial killers do this before people find out what they do. Like for example, we keep going back to Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy worked at a suicide prevention hotline. Well, didn't he? Didn't he? Uh, like make an attempt to run for mayor or governor or some shit like that. He was that. running for, I think, Congress, some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, John Wayne Gacy was, uh, uh, at one point in time, he was on the uh, the ballot in Illinois for uh, as a Democrat for, like, a state senator. Yeah. You know, motherfucker probably would have got elected, too. I um, mean, BTK. Oh, he was a 
prick. I don't even want to talk yeah, about that guy. He was Ugh. respected in his. In, yeah, he was his... deacon of his church. Yeah, but I mean, Jesus, that's the the more you have going on in your life, the easier it is to hide that side of you. Because instead of just being like you know working stiff, where you're like, oh, you know, once in a while I go out and I you know strangle a hooker to death, but the other ninety percent of the time I just go to work, go home, eat dinner, and whatever. Because that's how people think. Okay, this guy's weird. But when you keep busy and you keep, you know, well, you're you're out. Dahmer, they everybody just was like, he was a white dude. He was a, a white dude in the, in ghetto. the ghetto. They <laughs> left him the fuck alone. Because <laughs> you're like, mm, we don't fuck with this guy because he's yeah. He he just went came in, went home, you know, did whatever. Yep. He didn't mess with anybody, you know. But he did try to feed his neighbor. He was gonna give his neighbor fucking. She she got food. it. He he made human her he made her sandwiches I mean, all the time. Who knows if there was any people in it, but oh, that's why um, I mean human food. Yeah, so I mean he was he was basically leading the stereotypical double life of you know murdering people in one life and being kind of a helpful member and productive person, part of society on the other. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, what is it? At one point, so he he moved to Alaska. Right. He was in Alaska. And what was it? Uh, they had an interview with uh, his boss because he was uh, a contractor. Yep. Well, not carpenter, contractor. Yeah, same it? difference. He did, yeah. a, he did a little bit of everything. Yeah, you know, like Kevin mentioned earlier that his he, he was just fucking focused and yep. it was just got to do this, got to get it done. Okay, well. The, the, the kind of guy that works through his lunch break to make sure that things are getting done. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and people would come up to him, ask him, you know, how to do his stuff, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And and his boss was just like, "Yeah, he's a great guy. You know, he was a great guy. I never, you know, had anything wrong with him. He he'd put his head to the to you know, nose to the grindstone. To the grindstone he was, just fucking just keep going. Yeah, get it done. He was he was one of those guys that you work with who." You know, while everybody else is like, ah, we're going to kind of stand here for a couple of seconds and, you know, catch our breaths, whatever. He was the kind of dude that was just like, nope, look out. I'm going to keep working. You know, you guys can take your break. That's fine. I won't say anything to anybody about you dicking around. I'm going to stay working. I'm going to keep busy. And, you know, because honest, again, you keep your your brain busy and you're not going, which one of these guys am I going to kill first? Which one can I get away with killing first? You know, exactly. Do any of them have an attractive wife slash girlfriend that I could potentially sexually assault and then kill? along with him yeah you know it the busier you keep your brain the less it works <laughs> and the strange thing about this fucker was the fact that he had a home life too yeah yeah he had a a, a kid a 10 year old daughter at the time that he was arrested and a girlfriend that he'd been with for a long time but we're going to get more into that next week um on november 13th of 2002 his father passed away and uh israel actually did attend the funeral uh later that year he separated with his uh, his girlfriend that he had his daughter with, and she took the daughter with her. Uh, in the first couple months of 2006, uh, Keyes began participating in marathons. The marath- marathons might not sound like they're all that important at this point in time, but just remember there was a lot of times where he was out running marathons in Washington, Oregon, Northern California, and occasionally there are missing persons cases that are linked to those time periods. Yeah, wasn't there one? There was one in Washington in that documentary. Yeah, where it's it looks more. You know, if you were to look at it real quick, you wouldn't think twice about it. 
But then after you start seeing what this guy was doing, you're like, oh, shit, maybe, maybe that guy that went missing. And where he was. Right. Put two and two together. Exactly. At this point in time, he began making numerous travels for unspecified reasons. In 2007, Keys opened a new business called Keys Construction. This was up in uh, just Anchorage in the general area of Anchorage in Alaska. Yep. Um, and again, like everybody that he did work for was, you know, he was extremely reliable. He was showing up 10, 15 minutes early for work. You know, he, uh, he was damn good at his job. Um, but, uh, on these little trips that he was taking, um, he, uh, he kind of started to show up. So he, uh, he kind of hinted at killing around four people in Washington state. Um, at one point in time, he, he did say that one was a couple and there was two separate individuals that he got on separate occasions, not like a doubles night kind of thing. Uh, he started to realize that if he kept, uh, if he kept, you know, shitting where he eats when he was in Washington, he's eventually going to get caught because that's what happens with these guys is they start killing people and they stay too close to home and they start showing a pattern. So that's when he started making his little travel yeah, arrangements. Exactly. Um, going to places like California, Texas, Chicago, New York, New Jersey, Vermont, and New Hampshire. Uh, on one of these trips... Did you see Texas too? Yes. Okay. On one of these, When he went on these trips, he'd start stalking people, uh, kind of like at a distance, and you know, just so he doesn't draw attention to himself. He's not like, you know, following somebody around at the grocery store, staring at him like a fucking creep. But he would also plant uh, his, quote, kill kits in areas that he intended, you know, where he intended on killing people. Which was a five-gallon bucket. Yep. Filled it with a weapon. Yep. Generally a handgun, because that's, he, yeah. you know. Handgun. Yeah. Yep. Ro- rope, tape, had a drain cleaner or something like yep. that in it. Zip ties. Probably a plastic bag. Something. Yeah, plastic sheeting, plastic bags, flashlights. Dude was fucking prepared. And I'm, I'm not sure, but I think he may have been a Boy Scout. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it, it's just kind of like one of those things where it kind of makes you wonder, what, where the hell he got? It must have been some trial and error thing, right? To come up with, okay, I gotta have, gotta have, you know, this, gotta have this, gotta have this, gotta have this, gotta have this, because if I don't, I, I realize I didn't have that last time, right? I was fucked. I don't think it's even that. I think he put so much thought into this stuff beforehand that he was like, "This is what I'm gonna need." I mean, I honestly, maybe the, the one that I that I could see being trial and error would be like the drain cleaner, you know? Probably. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. But th- this guy was so fucking cocky that a lot of the times when he was traveling, every time he flew out of Alaska, he was flying under Israel Keys. He was flying under his own name. Right, the cars under his own name. He checked his goddamn pistol in his luggage, which is perfectly legal to do when he flew to Vermont. Which we're going to cover next week, but the pistol involved in that, he well, checked. He didn't fly his, to no, I'm sorry. Yeah, he flew to Chicago. He flew to Chicago, rented a car, and then drove 900 some odd miles to Essex, Vermont. Yeah, who the fuck does that? Somebody that doesn't want their tracks being that easy to follow. Well, must have been pretty fucking easy because FBI found it real quick. <laughs> no, the. I mean, yes. It's, it's When he Some got the... caught, he was just like, well, fuck it. I might as well just tell you. In April of 2009, he robbed the community branch. I'm sorry, the community bank branch in Tupper Lake, New York. This is around the same time frame where a woman named Deborah Feldman went missing from 
guess where? New Jersey. New Jersey, where he was about a decade earlier when he went in and enlisted in the army. So, like you said earlier, maybe this was his first little uh first little excursion out hunting. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um when uh, when the FBI interviewers asked him uh, after he'd been caught, uh, asked him about uh, Deborah Feldman and showed her a picture. He just said, "I don't want to talk about her right now." Yeah, <laughs> but but he w- would later on claim he would go, he would tell them about the about it, and they go, "Well, how do you how do we know you were there?" Well, I robbed a I robbed a bank there. Yep, you know, in 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 this one little town, and and then what they do. They went out, they found the footage, Yep, and were like, holy shit. Did you see anything about his, his disguises for these bank robberies and shit? No. Oh my god, dude. He went like full, like he went whole fucking hog on these disguises. Like he had a fake goatee, he wore a hard hat with a wig glued into it just to kind of add to it, and then he put a dust mask over the whole thing. So it's like... Yeah, the what... And you go, he walks out of there and just... Whoop, Completely different person. And one of them, he's like, well, yeah, I did see one of them. That one, yes, I did see that. But another one, he was like, what was he? He, uh, like he had a hoodie on or something, yeah. but he had like a goatee. It was fucking like dramatic as shit. But the whole, the whole saying, I don't want to talk about her right now thing, that's a, that's a power move. Like, you guys think you're in control of this interview, but it's actually mine. He played. I, he's yeah. one of those guys where he had to stay in control at all points in time. Yeah. So, just a little tidbit. Well, I want to give a little tidbit to what to to next week to to begin it off. Okay. So, what got him caught was because he was caught driving a car. You already covered that part. Yeah, this car. Okay, that he because he had killed that woman. Right, Samantha Koenig. Okay. Now. This is in Texas that he gets caught. At the time, they didn't know who the fuck he was, and they just thought maybe he stole a car. You know, no, what, stole what, his car, stole the car, stole the card. You know, had some. The, you the, know, the car was rented under his own his name. The reason, the thing that got him was the fact that he climbed back into this car after the stolen card had yeah. just been used. Yeah, so that's, that's like, what I meant. It, so it, like, he, so he, he 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 used the card. Maybe thinking maybe, uh, car like what's what's the term? Identity theft, something like that. Uh, what the hell was it? It was like uh, uh, financial fraud or some shit like yeah. that that they got him for. Yeah, and he was like, so just like Al Capone, who didn't go down for you know, you know, instigating a bunch of murders, he got caught for fucking tax evasion. Once money's involved, that's when you get caught. He couldn't. He could have not got caught, right? Because he broke his own rule of using a card, which we'll get into that a little bit more next week. Where this guy was a evil genius level kind of serial killer, but he gave it up real fucking easy. Oh yeah, he was just like he was like, well, you know what? You're gonna find out it sooner or later. So I guess might what? Just tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Yep. I killed this girl. Yep. <laughs> So that's where we're going to kind of leave you off is him, you know, admitting to killing Samantha Koenig in Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, we're going to get into that in some pretty awful detail as to what happened with her. Yeah, <sighs> and and uh, once again, if, uh, you know, 
you uh, want and the the need for a pair of uh, great headphones or Absolutely. earbuds or just uh, head on over to www.studio.com slash us yep. and check out their website. Check in, look into some of their headphones and earbuds, and you know they have a couple of different types of earbuds that you might might be I don't know, more into. Uh, and put in uh, at checkout the uh, promo code Dark Windows. Yep, and get fifteen percent off. Absolutely, at checkout, like I said. Uh, also, you can you can find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook. Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. We're both at uh, Dark Windows Pod. Yep. Facebook is Dark Windows Podcast. Come on in. Just, if you want to, if you want to join the group, man, go ahead. We take all comers. <laughs> and, yeah, and we, we, you know, we want your feedback. We really Absolutely. do. We can't keep saying it enough. Please yep. give us some feedback. You know, drop us a line. Hell yeah! Shoot us an email. Uh, darkwindowspod at gmail dot com. Definitely. And, you know, we're we you know we hope you're enjoying the shows. Yeah, I mean, and uh, wherever you listen, rate, review, and subscribe. If if you get the option to rate and review, go ahead. Because even if you don't like the show and you want to, if you, what I'm trying to say is, if you're going to give us a one star review, at least tell us why. That's all I'm saying. And make it fucking good. Yeah, it better be good. Not like you know, I fucking hate this show. I was listening to this and I forgot to fill my car up with gas. One star. Fuck you. You know, get real. But uh, <laughs> yeah, assholes. Yeah, I'm. I, I can't wait to get done talking about this prick next week and get back into some fun stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Not so. that it's not fun. Oh, it's it's, it's fun. fun. It's fun. But when you lay down to go to sleep and you just keep seeing this son of a bitch in your head and you're just like, I hate you. Stop. So, but just remember, just because you can't necessarily see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. All right. Well, later, fuckers. Bye. And now, and now the, the somewhat, somewhat exciting, exciting conclusion, conclusion of the Dark, dark Windows, Windows podcast. podcast. Folks, I'm Kevin. And I'm Kevin. Welcome to the Dark, Dark Windows, Windows Podcast. Just a disclaimer, we are going to cover some topics that may be not for everyone. And we're going to use some language that's definitely not for everyone. So sit back and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's fine. Alright. <clears throat> I'll give you two bodies and a name. And that's all I'll give you today. If I get a cigar. <laughs> hey, folks. Hey, what's going on, everybody? So that was the that was that voice you just heard was the the real peckerhead. I mean, did I say that out loud? Damn. No, no, you're right though. He's he's a cocksucker. I don't know if you sucked one cock, but no. you know, I don't like the, I don't like to throw the CS out there, but he cocksucker he is. He, yeah, <laughs> he definitely is. So uh, if you're gonna see a uh, picture. Floating around of uh, a new guy on the show. His name's Seth. Go ahead. Introduce yourself. Why do I got to introduce myself? You guys introduce me. 
He's our friend. Yeah. He's been our friend for quite a long time now. I, I dare say I like him as more than a friend. Yeah, I kind of consider you guys family, which yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad be thing. Friends? Oh, wait, no. This is... Why can't we He's my emotional friends? husband. Oh, that's, yeah. that's so cute. Yeah, these guys finally... Uh, I'm your emotional boyfriend, right? <laughs> in one weird way, we're the trifecta of awesome. But no, yeah, these guys have been trying to get me on this show for since day one, even before day one. And yeah. I was like, no, no, I'm okay. I don't want to do this. This is your thing. Have fun. And then you start hearing how bad things are, especially with this guy. And then what? You drank a bunch of whiskey. I drank a bunch of whiskey Other last Kevin, night. I think, drank a bunch of beer or whiskey whatever. He's a true man's man. So you I'm know. like, you know what? Maybe I got to come in and lend a little bit of emotional support, and we'll see what happens. And he can also be super helpful because he does kind of have a little bit of a background in criminal justice stuff from college. Not really. I drank a lot, so I don't remember <laughs> much. Sorry. So, yeah, and I, I ap- apologize also. If you hear uh, happen to hear some that- clickly clack in the background, that's my dog walking across the floor he's, because— He's typing. Yeah, he's typing a lot. He's a dick. Show notes. He's also, let's be honest, he's the real special guest, not me. He's not a special guest. He's on every fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Listen. He, he usually oh. lays under the table. He's our audience, okay? This, yeah, is, Phil, you, yeah. this, this is recorded by, before a live studio audience. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, I uh, want to thank our sponsor, Studio, for uh, you know giving us an opportunity to those sweet uh, headphones yeah like i'm not gonna lie like i was talking to the guys earlier they let me test these things and i'm not just saying it because i'm friends with them but they're like oh here check these out i'm like no it's cool man i got these sweet awesome things from you know the big box store headphones that were costing me like 200 bucks i was like oh these are fantastic i tried those things on i was like are you kidding me right now They, they don't look like they are that high quality but man those things are fantastic and they're half the price right they're half the price they look nice and I'm definitely going to be ordering a pair here pretty soon. Yeah, the the Regents run about a hundred bucks unless you uh, unless you use Dark Windows as a promo code when you check out, then it drops them down fifteen percent. And uh, I'm pretty sure that includes your shipping as well. I got mine for uh, about seventy five bucks. I yeah. spent like almost two hundred dollars on these things yeah. that I'm using now, and you guys have better quality. Oh wait, they're Bluetooth and they fit my fat head. Yeah, because you have tiny ears. Shut and up. I, I also <laughs> confirmed. I also confirmed that. You can use them with your phone. I did that yesterday. Talked to my brother um, via Duo, which is via the vi- phone. Yeah, it's it's a phone messaging <laughs> video thing, and uh, it worked really good. My brother was impressed by them as well. Battery life, battery life is insane. I've had mine for two weeks. I use them for a couple hours a night when I'm researching, and I still haven't charged them yet. Because what the, the battery life is what. 20 hours, right? 24 hours. Yeah. And, I really uh, hope I kept the receipt for these things. Uh, for, uh, I believe it's 30 days on standby. So if you just have them on and you're not using them, but you forget to leave them on, they're good for like a month. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. And the pairing is super easy, oh, it's, I it's, find. Yeah, it's awesome. And it pairs instantaneously. And if you don't want the over-the-ear like we have, you can grab um, earbuds that can go in the ear. Yep. And then there's also another – well, there's two separate ones that go in the ear. There's one that goes kind of in the canal – and then one that kind of like hooks. wraps. Uh, my, my wife has the Vasa, which are the ones that just pop in and they have a little remote thing. She loves those things. They are some kick-ass little headphones. But with the Regent, something I wanted to point out that's really cool is if you go from auxiliary and you have your Bluetooth on on your phone or whatever and you have your, your auxiliary plugged into whatever, mm-hmm. if you unplug the auxiliary, the pairing is just instantaneous. Instant. Huh? It's, it's nice. insane. It's so good. Yeah, I don't think I've uh, 
don't think I've. I don't think I have. Maybe, oh man, yeah, maybe it's so I nice. did do that yesterday. I um, did try that. But let's let's get back into yeah. this son of a bitch. Uh, you want to do a little bit of a recap from last Israel week where we left off? Yeah, yeah. Israel the asshole keys. Uh, <clears throat> so he. What did we do? So we talked about um, his backstory, yep. which was kind of uh, a normal upbringing, pretty much for the most part. Yeah, he, being an outsider looking in, this dude sounded like, yeah, he had a few issues here and there, but who doesn't? That his life was just like everybody else's. Yeah, he knew a few, few bumps in the road here and there, but not as bad as... You know, like the Gacy's or yeah, he he didn't have any of those weird like the, the Albert the, Fishes. Yeah, he didn't have any of the markers that most serial killers have, like the bedwetting, the fire setting. No, the only thing that we did run into was the animal abuse with the exactly. animals and shit that he would Taking kill. A, yeah, yeah, t- yeah. That cat thing messed me up. I was that pissed, legit like, messed me up. Yeah. Like I'm an animal lover. Like I like animals, and that was just like that's some dark stuff. So what what did you think about the fact that uh, when he killed the the cat? in front of his friends and was like got the reaction that he did and he was like oh shit I don't think anybody likes this the fuck you know it's like one of those types of people that goes to a party and is like oh I'm gonna do all this fun stuff look at me I'm being a wild crazy animal and then no one's paying attention and he's just like what I'm doing this to get attention look at me I'm doing I'm a rebel I'm looking cool and come to find out it's really just no you're kind of a loser we get it but just dial it back, homie. Dial it back. Chill. <laughs> yeah, um, most other serial killers that we taught, you know, we've looked into, I don't think ever displayed a the showed anybody their dark side. Yeah, there's no hey, look at me, look at me. This it's more of like I'm behind closed doors. This is how this is all for me. This is not for you. I don't want anybody's attention. There are the few that you know started doing the notes and things, but that was. That was the escalation of that, right? Where in the start, though, it was, I don't want anybody to know. This is, I got to keep this on the DL that what I'm doing, because otherwise, people are going to look at me kind of weird. And then all of a sudden, now you're going down that road of people are going to be watching you like, hey, this guy does some pretty fucked up shit. The thing that scared me the most with him is how much control he had over that side of him, where he was just like, oh, no, I can I can put this away, and I can go to work, and I can... It's a light switch. Yeah, I can, I can hang on, out with my daughter and my girlfriend, and then I can go, I'm going to go... Like we're going to see here, I'm going to go down to the coffee shop and I'm going to pick up more than coffee. Yeah, it's like it's he, tur- he turned it off, went to the military, mm-hmm. had what, a couple year? Something like that, yeah. He was tour. in from, uh, nine, was it 98 to 2001? Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, so it was, was a couple years. He was in know, there for three, three and a half years, four years. Yeah. Did that whole time. I don't know if he thought about killing anybody. I mean, but what we thought that his journey to. Yeah, when he went know, to New Jersey, Jersey to. To sign up, I'm we're, I'm pretty sure that's when he started his his hunting trip in New Jersey. Now, when he was in the military, did he ever go overseas anywhere else, or was he Egypt. pretty much local? Yeah, he he was stationed in Egypt, but that was at a point when we didn't we weren't openly involved with anything. Over so there. there could have been ways where he could have done stuff over there, and True. no one Absolutely. would ever know because a lot of times you go over there, they just see it as a random random occurrence or random incident. Right. Where for him, he's like, oh look at me, I'm fine tuning my skills and exactly in yeah. douchebaggery. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, it's I don't know. He he's just one of the more controlled people that I've. Now you mentioned a bank robbery last yeah. week. Do you want to do you want to explain that. why that's why the bank robberies were so important? 
Because well, we didn't really cover that. Well, oh, oh okay. Well, I, I thought we did. I, that's why I didn't. No, we, we I covered we covered in, that but... first that first bank robbery well, the... in uh, New York. Yeah, but we well, didn't really talk robberies. to. We didn't talk about why it was. Well, he, why he robbed a bank was because he had to finance his trips. Yeah. From west coast to east coast or yeah, west coast he, he to wherever. He didn't use a debit card or anything like that. Whenever he went anywhere, he paid cash, cash. for everything. And put his his John Hancock. On everything. Yeah, this motherfucker flew and rented cars and all this shit under his own name. No assumed That's identity. That's somebody who has some serious balls. Yeah. Like straight up heavy stones. Like, look, like this guy seriously just wanted the whole look at me thing. Look how cool I am. I'm the coolest guy in the world. Yeah, he, and... he was hiding in plain sight. That's. Catch no, thanks, me if man. you can. Yeah. Type of thing. Or, well, not really catch me if you can, but you're not going to catch me. He's smarter than you and he knows it. Is his thing, and he's a, God, but he's, he's a also cunt. a fucking <clears throat> wussy, and also a little kid at mm-hmm. heart, the same way because yep. he's just, a supervillain. He's a supervillain. He's one of those types of people that behind closed doors and whatever he'll talk a great game, how big he is, and then when push comes to shove, if he doesn't have anybody there to fight his battles for him, he's gonna run and just talk shit. He's a guy that you know starts the fight, starts the, everything going, starts instigating. And then when push comes to shove, he's back and he's like, oh, I'll get my boys to handle it. But he's, but when he and says also, something, when he says, we'll get into it a little bit yeah. more. But Sorry, I'm, like I'm during, getting you guys uh, off the rails. With his death. No, no, oh, no. No worries, man. No, during his death, when he, when he. This guy he put us suicide, off the rails. <laughs> he, before this, he makes a comment. And, but we'll, we'll get in the, I'll get did into you, it more. Did you happen to get his suicide note in your notes? No, no. Okay, we can pull it up because up. We, we have to read that. It was, or we just put, we'll post it on. No, no, no. We have to read. It. I think we have to read it on the show. Just. So Why is can... it? Is it a long note? Or what? Oh, dude, it was is like. Is it dark? It's oh, it's geez. long and it's kind of like, uh, kind of like a poem up to himself. He's such a douchebag. This guy is like the, almost the definition of a narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's uh he's like your, fucking run of the mill perfect uh like control kill like power control killer. He has to have. He has to be in complete control of everything at all points in time, even through the investigation. He's. he's yeah, I remember so, you playing me some videos while we're sitting here of like, oh, I'll. Oh, actually, you did it for everybody. Scratch that. Um, <laughs> no, but no, you played the video of him talking about. Oh, I'll give you two bodies, but only after cigar. It's like, dude, come on, man. It's like what? And that was when he got caught in Texas. Yep. For, the. It was, was it's called was, they called it device fraud. Yes. How, you, using the using someone else's credit debit card to get oh, money. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. I remember you guys, yeah, you guys were talking about that last episode and geez. Yeah, so that the two the two bodies that he talks about were uh Bill and Lorraine Curry. Courier. Courier, sorry. Yep. And they're from well, our home state of yep. Vermont. They're uh about what, uh, sixty miles? About an hour and a half north of here. The scary part is, I when I I actually found their address. Remember, I used to work at Lowe's in Essex. Yeah. Their house is three minute is a three minute drive from that Lowe's that I worked at. Oh no shit. The uh, the Kinney drug. Uh, they in the book I was reading that um, they he said that the last time that Lorraine was seen other than by her neighbors was on the security cameras at a Kinney Drugs where when I walked out of Lowe's to go to my car for break I can see that Kinney from the parking lot. Huh. It's it gave me fucking goosebumps. I was like, oh yeah. When Jesus. you guys said that, it's, well, that's kind of the thing. Is like everybody like when you live in Vermont, you kind of you know 
dissociated with everything else. You don't really pay attention to anybody else. You're like it's in the news, but you don't really think about it because doesn't nothing like that crazy happens around here. So anyway, when you live in Vermont, you commonly think that you see these like mass killings or these disappearances or these different things. You're like, that's from everywhere else. It's not around here. Yeah. Like around here, if you you will hear about somebody shooting themselves or falling out of their tree stand or single car accidents. Sing, yeah, or My, uh, somebody getting hit by a car, like, and there is maybe a death or a car accident. You never hear about people either coming up missing or being the victim of a serial killer or anything like that. So being an outsider looking in, it was like, that's possible? Like, that actually happens around here? And then it makes you go through the rabbit hole of, well, if that happened, what else has happened? Perfect example of that. My wife's stepfather moved up here, moved up to upstate New York from New York City in the late 70s, early 80s. He lived in Brooklyn his whole life up until then. Had never heard of a single car accident until he moved to upstate New York. And he's like, how the fuck do you get into a one car accident? And I was like, oh, because up here in this area, when we get bored, we get hammered and go driving around and hit trees and shit. <laughs> to be fair, though, we also have a lot more wildlife that runs on the roads. That's true. So, yeah. So this is this is how sadistic this fucker is, okay? During his one of his interviews, he claimed that he, when asked about the couriers, he claimed that he never met them. So did you ever meet them before? Nope. No. But in Texas, basically, you know, told or whatever Texas or went to Alaska, told them, hey, yeah, I killed uh, two people in Vermont, you know, so and it's like, how the hell do you not, you know, realize that you just ki- you, you killed these two people, but then deny it? Maybe it's denying meeting them. Like, yeah, he, it's the he never denied of, killing him. He just oh, denied knowing them. Yeah, it's that it's that whole being in control, trying to use the words, like his words, as a tool to kind of upset or annoy the law enforcement officer or whoever's investigating it. Because they're going to be like, well, now they're just playing that chess game. And he's like, no, I never met him. I killed him, yeah, but I never met him. I don't know anything about exactly. him. Exactly. Because who cares? Well, he knew, we knew about Even him though, because he went to – he flew from Alaska to Chicago – Underneath his own name. Checked his Ooh. pistol and his luggage. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I was like, wow, what time frame was this? Because you can't you can't even go on a plane now with a pair of nail clippers. No, but you can still check you can still check a handgun in your luggage. You just have to let him know I have a handgun or a rifle or whatever, and it has to be in a locked case, and the TSA, I believe, has to have the keys. You can't have the no. keys with you. No, you they can't no? They, no. you have to have it has to be locked in a case and then store it underneath. It can't go with you um, no, on the plane. Yeah, it can't go in carry-on. So it has to go on below. So he flies all that way, doesn't fly into um, Essex, or doesn't fly into Burlington. No, he flew into O'Hare, rented yeah, a car, car. Drove 600 miles. 996 bo- miles. Or is it 900? Okay, I thought it was like 600, but whatever. <laughs> I, I map-quested it last night drunk. <laughs> Drives all that way from O'Hare to Vermont. Can I just pause you right there? When you're doing that drive, like, as a normal human being, you listen to music, you, either if you have a friend, you talk to somebody, you stop, see the sights, you you know, you do the typical touristy thing to try to keep your mind busy, because that long of a drive, anyone that's ever driven more than two hours is like, I'm so bored, I'm falling asleep, I can't figure out what to do. When you, when you guys were talking about that, the first thing that went in my mind is, what was he thinking about? Was he listening to music? Was he just sitting there in complete stone cold silence? I bet he was. Or was he just talking to himself? He was. I bet he was listening to music. He was. 
I got a, I've got a mix here. That's a, that's almost a thousand miles of just sitting in a car by yourself. Something tells me he's, he's the kind of guy where he could have been listening to music because we didn't really get into it, but like. He was a big like Megadeth and Slayer. Oh, I like, was really hoping he, he was listening to the to shit Sugar. that I listened to. I was hoping he was listening to a jam mix of sugar pop music of the time, like a sweet mixtape. <laughs> jock jams. Don't talk <laughs> shit about jock jams. But How dare you? I, I, could, I could see him being the guy that would be sitting there listening to music and just tapping his thumb on the on the steering wheel. Or I could also just see him being the guy that's just a fucking lizard behind the steering wheel, just listening to the, the fucking wipers going and not saying a word, just driving and blinking. Well, now it, I think he stopped in Tupper Lake because he he had he had the the um, the the house, the cabin because they moved yep. to, they moved to New York or whatever. Or he went to New York, whatever it was, and I think he stopped there. Because during one of those interviews, he's t- they were asking, they went there and found his cabin or whatever the fuck it was, and basically showed you know showed him pictures and he's like, oh, I've been there in a long time, and I mean, like about a year. Tupper, Tupper Lake, is, well, Tupper year. Lake is is on that road on that that trip through, and what I think he would take what ninety something, I don't know, yeah, but I think you're right because I think that's where he picked up his kill kit for the couriers. Because, no, he said he had a kill kit there. Oh, that's right, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, because he dude had, is like the craziest prepper I've ever seen. Yeah, or even like didn't see, but obviously like read about. But when you guys are talking about that, it's like, wait, he took the time. This is kind of like flight, like uh, kind of like Fight Club, mm-hmm. where you go around and you're setting up your own like little clubs here, there, and everything. But he's like, oh well, I need to have one in this state. I need to have one here. You need to have one there. Oh, maybe there. So part of me is like, if this is true, this guy like, how do you get the money to do all this? But the other part of me is like. What if he's just saying this? What if none of this stuff really existed and he's actually just saying this so then that way it makes it seem like he's bigger and badder because there are people, there have been serial killers that will admit to other killings even though that there is no possibility of them doing it. But they did, though. They, they did. found the, all. They the found pro, most yeah. of his kill kits. Like, they found, they found he, kill kits. Yeah, he was telling them. He are was you like, kidding me? He's like, yeah. this is where I planted this one. I planted this one off of this trail here. Uh, the one with the couriers, he planted it in a wooded area less than two miles from their house. All right. The no, was, but the thing shit. is, with these kill kits, the everything in there, you can buy at a Home Depot for, I don't know, fifty five bucks because he didn't put a pistol and he'd bring his own pistol with him. So it was like Drano plastic wrap, oh, rope, said, zip ties. I thought he said he put a pistol. Some in. of them he did, um, but okay. with, with the courier specifically, he flew in with his pistol and had it with him because well, Vermont doesn't really make a difference yeah because with, with, guess what you break into somebody's house in vermont for the most part and you're gonna get shot you get yourself. caught you're gonna get fucking blown up like not gonna lie that actually makes me feel even more paranoid about yeah things this, this because guy realizing that somebody creeps. has taken the time to be like oh i need to have more of this oh i need to go to the store and grab this i need to do this oh now i need to travel here 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 and do yep. this and also to have the memory to do that yeah he that, it's, it's it's all that whole military scary. training and he still was, though and as I know some as, people in the military as soon as they get out they're dumber than a box of rocks and, we got, and we, it's not due to service it's just because they're dumb we have to give him credit though as much of a fucking monster as this guy is he was smart yeah he was a very oh, yeah. smart man he was he, um, he, he was I think he was almost genius level up, up to a point yeah I mean to go and do what he did went for a year ahead of time planted the kill kit Hunted the couriers. Hunted the couriers. Or, as he would say, went shopping. Yeah. 
fucking asshole. He com- he compared picking victims to going to the grocery store and finding fruit that you like. He let them come by to him, yep. or he went by them and was like, "Oh, hey, look." And he saw that there's no dog, no dog, no kids, no kids. A garage that's connected to the house, so he would have. Well, well let's get into it here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, so I'm gonna apologize now to your listeners. I'm probably gonna ask a lot of questions oh, no, here. Definitely. So this may you be like a long that. episode rather than your what? typical. Expect a long episode, folks. My apologies. This is my oh, no, fault. No worries. We're gonna make this long, thorough, and interesting. Yeah. Ugh. So, June eighth, two thousand eleven, uh, Essex Junction, Vermont. Uh, after he planted his kill kit, which, like we said, it was less than two miles from the courier's house, um, he made his way to their house at 8 Colbert Street, which, again, like I said, I've I've been down that road before when I worked for another uh, pest control company. I've actually had customers that live on that road. Um, he, he had stocked, well, he kind of, you know, he had known of the couriers, like knew what he wanted to do, and... Uh, so he, uh, after, after doing his reconnaissance, like we said, they have no dog, no kids, uh, the connected garage. So it made them easy. So he broke into the garage. He found a flat-bottomed um, cr- uh, pry bar hanging on the wall. And he broke the window just above where the doorknob would be so he could reach in and unlock the door into the kitchen. And this is what surprises me. How the hell? He must have really cased it out. Somehow must have looked in the house. Because up there, a lot of people have security systems. You got a fucking security <laughs> well, system. You're not. There's no way. Let, Unless if they live in the community, like there are certain people that live in that community, they don't even lock their doors for the most part. He he cut the phone line just under the junction box of the phone line to test to see if they had a security system. Because a lot of the time, if you cut a phone line and there's a security system, it'll go off. It's no, a failsafe. It it will just it will. Yes, after so long, it will right. it will. It will make a noise yeah. after so long. So he cut the phone line first to make just sure. Just to say, hey, there's a, there's a trouble with the phone. Yeah, right. I know this because I install the damn things. So <laughs> so he, he did cut the phone line for two reasons. First of all, like we said, that'll tell if they have a security system or not. Yeah. And second of all, if they don't have a security system and after he's broken in, they hear him, guess what they're not doing? They're not calling for help. No, this guy's a he's a fucking like evil genius. Like we keep coming back to that. And yeah, it's like so you want to come up with a way worse thing to say. But when you look at like typical like movies and shows, this is like the blueprint of an evil genius or yeah. like a blueprint of the of a serial killer in like TV. Uh huh. Yep. Like being an outsider looking in is like, um, all right, I don't want to know anymore. I'm going to leave, guys. Have a good day. <laughs> so uh, before we get too far into it, let's uh, let's just talk about, you know. The victims here. Yeah, let's, let's just talk little, about Bill. Yeah, we we talk about the people on, who deserve yeah, to be yeah. recognized, not this yeah, douchebag. So, so Bill and Lorraine, they got married in 85. So they got married in 85. They lived in an apartment in Winooski until 2003, and they bought their home in Essex. And Which, Winooski and Essex, they're, they're not yeah. very far away. They're and, stone's throw. And the, the, the yeah. 90s into the early 2000s, Winooski wasn't like the nicest area. It's actually a lot better now. Um, but it, it was kind of kind of run down in spots of it it was kind of rough but it's a nice town now well i mean the whole area that the whole area up there was kind of like a military area anyway True. yeah because you have the because it, the um our old uh fort ethan allen yeah fort ethan allen yep. army base calvary um that's anyway. how old it is they still had horses they did <laughs> uh, <clears throat> bill joined the army straight off high school he served as a fireman and a radio operator 
And then from 1980 to 84, I was active duty and other two years as he served as a reservist. Uh, he was armedly discharged in 86. The couriers were known by their neighbors to be quiet, polite couple and often hosted family gatherings at their home and around the, around the pool. Yeah. Why is it always that the nice people get like attacked by serial killers and like I, these kind of animals? Why can't they go after the assholes? Like karma says, if you're nice, you should be, you know, have nice brought on to you. Where it seems like, no, nah, guess what? No, you're because, douche. Because nice people get fucked over, and right? See, and it's the thing is, Bill. He's for a, him, he's a for vet. this for this guy to go after Bill, that's a he's a vet. He's a fucking huge guy. Bill was a big guy. Yeah, was he was like, like six five. No, like he was like he was like six three, like two seventy. He okay. was a, he was a big man. So he's about an inch taller than me, and about like thirty pounds heavier yeah, than me. Yeah, Bill was a and big I'm a man. big dude, and I yeah. But was, how old was he again? How old? Uh, was Bill was forty nine. So yeah, he's still like in his relatively prime of his life but we'll we'll get into what made it so easy for him to to take bill but yeah well let's let's finish what we got Um, here bill worked for the at the at uvm which is the university of vermont as a caretaker for it was actually in the medical side yep he worked for the in the testing of animals caretaker for test animals sorry yeah so the the people that are like oh i hate people that you know they shouldn't test on animals this was the guy that was taking care of the test animals and like being nice to him and shit not like exactly. you know sticking them with stuff so he was a good dude yeah uh Lorraine is the hospital um for the big hospital for the whole state it's like yep. the biggest hospital and it's also um university of vermont's uh, for the medical center training yeah. facility, right. and Fletcher Allen is just down the road from where they lived in Essex. Yeah, so she yeah, was it's about she a five was, minute drive. Yeah, she was she was take. close to home, and yeah. I mean, Bill wasn't even that far away from work. He was a, a bad day on the interstate, twenty mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah, twenty five. Like minutes. you could easily walk in like twenty five, thirty minutes because it's right up a hill, yep. going straight up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's that's pretty much about them. So good people. Yeah, you know they did not deserve what. what but happened Bill then. was kind of the guy that. He could take care of himself. Yeah. So, I mean, by having this military training, this, you know, said it kind of was odd that he kind of got the drop on him. But when you, when you, when you break into somebody's house in the middle of the night yep. and you're sleeping. Yeah. Someone who's wide awake coming in compared to waking up and you instant adrenaline and you don't know what's going on. Your eyes haven't adjusted. Your body hasn't adjusted. Covered up. Don't know what's going on. Yeah. So he comes in. Goes upstairs, Keys does, goes upstairs to their house, gets in their room, wakes them up with a, I don't know. He, he wakes them up at gunpoint. Yeah, whatever, whatever I don't know what caliber it was. He, he had a, a Beretta twenty two, Something like that. Yeah. Which Again, does not so matter. A twenty two will kill you fucking dead just as quick as a 9mm will. Because you're not going to find any. If, if he shot him in the head. They're not going to find anything. No, it's going to turn his brain into scrambled eggs. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. like you find that out with any time you look up anything dealing with like serial killers or even Hitman Man. Like, yep. Because Tw- that's. A 22 is an assassin weapon. Yeah, that's because one, it I goes mean, in, it doesn't come out, and it will scramble up everything it touches. I mean, I personally use it for shooting squirrels and cans and shit, but, you know, assassins, like, that's why they like it because it's easy to use. That's There's no recoil, and there's no exit wound. And it's not very loud. You can stand right next to somebody who's firing one off, and it sounds pretty much like a can opening. And like we said, this guy, like we said last week, this guy was making his own suppressors for stuff. Yeah, I know a guy that's made a suppressor for a Ruger twenty two pistol out of a uh, oil filter. Yep. And it's like you think about that, and you're like, 
how do you do that? Like, I know someone that's made them out of a soda bottle yep. with a few damp, like, dampening substances, like paper towels and things. Yep. It's like, how, how do people whose brains come up with that? So he's he's a, he's a he's crafty, but he uh, he then after waking them up, he loaded the couriers into their own car that's like a little uh, Saturn sedan, and told them he was driving them. They were going for a little ride, and uh, he took them out to an abandoned farmhouse where he proceeded to. He brought Bill downstairs, put him in a chair, zip tied his hands together behind his back, behind his back, went up, brought Lorraine upstairs or somewhere to a bedroom. Yeah, it was, it was, it was upstairs. upstairs. I don't yeah, know if it was like up on the second floor, if it was a second he, floor or he whatever. He put Bill in the basement and it just said he took her back upstairs. Yeah. He didn't go well, any floors. And then he raped her. Yep. And well, this is where the story gets a little bit fishy for me because there's two different accounts and the first one was that he rapes Lorraine here's commotion down down in the basement because Bill this is where both both accounts are the same because Bill hulked the fuck out and broke broke his zip ties oh dude if anybody well, came after my family that way I don't care I would do anything it took to I get mean, it out of it zip ties are hard enough to cut could you imagine having them behind your back and getting that pissed off that you broke them yeah that's, that's the reason why a lot of times law enforcement are using those now yep. is because once they're on you they are hard to break good luck yeah. and there's hard to finagle your way out of them mm-hmm. he gets out and is making the commotion keys goes down kicks the shit out of him yep and then what is it then go gets goes and gets Lorraine brings her ass down he he uh from the research I did, he beat the living shit out of Bill and then killed him and then took Lorraine back downstairs. And then killed her. Yeah. So he must but, have had like a weapon or something. Like yeah, that. He, he, had the, a, he had a pistol. He, he shot Bill in the head twice. Oh, uh, okay. And then um, just went AWOL punching and smashing. Yeah. Then when he brought Lorraine down, he uh, he strangled her. Yeah. Well, then, then – but the other account that we heard was that there must have been a commotion and then Lorraine escapes – yeah, she got out, she, like out to the front lawn, and he yeah, and then tackled he her. Tackled her ass, brought her back in, which pissed him off. And then then that account said that he shot both of them. I, I didn't see much about, so, about her being, being shot. But who but, knows? Who knows? Because we don't even know if she got just got strangled and that was it. It's his word versus, you know, yeah, you he had have a shot at her and missed. That's a possible thing, it's like too. You have, you have to but remember no the, the only source of this is him, yeah. is Israel Keys. Because He's the only one that has any information on this. And now nope. everybody that is involved in this case directly, like the victims and the perpetrator, are all dead. Yeah. The, the, the investigators couldn't find anything? No. Or? No. Because they went to go. They, he tells them yeah. about it. Okay. This, this kind of leads up to. Us. Oh, I've got, a, I've got a theory that I went fucking so, crazy. So he, he tells them, okay, this is what I did. Yep. This is where you can find them. This house. The FBI goes there. Nope. The FBI contacted Essex PD. Well, probably the, the the Vermont FBI went there as well. Because Bill Murdy, the uh, the detective from Essex, was the lead investigator for this case in Vermont. He uh, he went there with the FBI because he's like, okay, this is the address. He gave he gave them fucking coordinates to this place, not just an address. He gave them like GPS coordinates to it. They get there, the house is completely gone. It had been abandoned. Um, it had been uh, bulldozed. But he told them that after he killed them, he pulled a tarp over them. Put Drano. He, he put, put Drano on them, pulled a tarp over them, and just threw a bunch of shit from the basement on top of them. So that if anybody went in there, they wouldn't even think that, like, oh, it's just a pile of garbage in the middle yeah. of the basement. You know? Um, but when uh, Detective Murdy and the FBI got there, 
the house is completely gone. It had been bulldozed and all everything had been taken to uh, a uh, landfill, like quote unquote up north, which for us Essex is up north. So I don't know where the fuck they're taking it. I don't think it was up north. I think it was across the lake. But they... Possible. To Ticonderoga. Yeah. They went through that landfill for eight weeks. Every day they were there for eight hours a day for eight weeks going through there. And they found no human remains at all. Which is where I get into a theory where... There's a possibility that they could have just bulldozed it and crushed it all in. And they're still at that location. That's that's true. But he... uh, Keys had a history of throwing bodies in lakes and we have the biggest lake in new england in vermont it borders vermont new york and Please don't tell me champ ate him <laughs> that's gonna be an episode folks and champ their their house is less than a half an hour from lake champlain but if you want to go to the deepest part of the lake which is down between essex new york and charlotte vermont it's about 430 feet that's less than an well, hour that's the wide up there though is the widest point right but the deepest point which is where he probably where if he was going to dispose of a body that's the best place to do it and that's i, th- I think he could have disposed of it up there too that's true but the deepest part of that lake is less than an hour away from where he killed them and Maybe. he had he had their car with vermont plates so you're less likely to be Hate to say it, if you come to Vermont, you have plates that aren't green and look like ours, and you have a, you stand a lot better chance of getting pulled over because you're from out of state. No comments on that one. I used to work for a <laughs> rental car company. I got pulled over one time because my plates were from another state, and as soon as he found out that I worked for a rental car company and I gave him my license, he goes, "Oh, you're fine." So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna make we're gonna make this point a lot stronger here in a couple of minutes for them being in the lake. Um, yeah, yeah, because the because the the reason for the lake theory. It has to do with Tupper Lake because – And a lake in Washington. And a lake in Washington. And a lake can, in Alaska. Which he can – yes. Which is for Koenig, yep. which is the the only – the Couriers and Samantha Koenig are the only two – only three murders that – They have any – They have any evidence yep. that ties him to it. The Tupper Lake <clears throat> murder – well, not murder – because they can't prove that he did anything. Because Tupper Lake is oh, another lake that's really deep. He has a thing for lakes that are deep. But let, let, let's be real here. And really fucking cold. <laughs> the woman that he killed, that he most likely put into Tupper Lake, the police weren't going to be overly worried about trying to find her. Because she was a drug addict and a sex worker. And that's what they put into that category of the quote, less dead. Because it's just like, oh, it's one less person we have to worry about arresting. Exactly. But as as gross as that is to think about and to say, that's that's exactly what it is. They care, like they care less about street people. They're throwaways. Exactly. As, as exactly. sad as it sounds, and as sad as it is, it's all they are is yep. just throwaways and a statistic. Human trash yeah. and a number. Even though they they were somebody's child, they were somebody's daughter, someone's sister, somebody's mother in this case, somebody's mother. Even though the, they the had families in, uh... and they were just at a tough time in their life. Mm-hmm. But what kind of you know led the FBI to start asking about if there's any bodies in the lake had to do with the fact that he he mentions just I don't know. Hey, did you did you check that one lake in Washington that a, I mentioned? Do you know about this uh, this lake in uh, Washington? It's uh, called uh, Crescent Lake. And this motherfucker knows the exact footage of the deepest point of the lake. Yeah, it's like hmm. uh, like 600 feet deep oh, in the center. No, I've, I've got a fishing. fish finder. It only goes down 100 feet, but that lake's about 635 feet deep. You know, it's really cold. Deep it is. He's like, ha, 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 ha. maybe you he know? got bored and just read topographical maps. Oh, dude, he's a 
cocksucker. Yeah. That's kind of why I was like, I'm going to join in on this episode. I think this is the perfect time for me to come in because you guys are both heated, like upset. And I'm like, I'm going to try to dial it back a little bit. But it's like, no, this is there's a lot of like worth hatred here. It's just you guys were literally stretching yourself thin and like, yeah, it stressed was, out. The by last this couple guy. weeks have been rough with this asshole. And he said that basically that, that they're hinted that there could be a body yeah. there. Um, that's so the scariest thing is like there's a hint so it's now like okay as the law enforcement side of it, it's like do we go do we investigate do we let it slide what what should we do like, not only did he our, hint, not only did he hint that there might be a body he also hinted that he maybe had rented a boat for cash from somebody with no paperwork well yeah you can do that anywhere exactly like mm-hmm. I can go to the nearest lake and ask someone hey can I borrow your boat for an hour and go fishing yeah I mean, he, not gonna think anything of it here's two hundred dollars you're not gonna find he, he knew that there were not gonna find the body ever no. because, because that, the lake is so deep it's so deep and so, and so cold, cold that you can't send divers down there the nope. only way to do it would, would be with a uh uh uav and then and that's and even this, then the even same then thing be, with no one want to spend that money no and the same thing with topper lake you know he he knew how how deep it was been around the area just like uh crescent lake because he had been around the area mm-hmm. you know lived in washington did hiked around there did whatever which kind of sidetrack on this one turns out that what could tie him to this was he was what in the area a week before something like that like at one point like within a week of uh, he was uh, there like with this a week period or something like that for a uh um a 5k race oh yeah the marathon with the guy that went missing in the woods yeah uh, again another army veteran about this guy went missing that was in his 50s and a big big man and went he was like that. This Israel Keys guys was compensating for something. It's like I imagine, I wonder if when he was in the military and it's very hush hush, no one said anything, or he just didn't want to talk about it because it was the first time he was ever victimized as whether being bullied or being you know put in situations that were he felt were beneath him. Or because or, it seems like that is his calling card for the like for these two guys, these two gentlemen, is that they're bigger gentlemen, they're army vets, and. It's either that or he just enjoyed the challenge because I think that's what it was. He like liked him, hunting somebody that was bigger than him. Yeah, and it's like he views Which, himself as the absolute, the consummate predator. And you step your game up a little bit more, a little bit more. Okay, you deal with women of the night, or you deal with the little grandmother, or the cat, or the kid, or whatever. Exactly, because that you start building up, and this is his escalation: is trying to find these quote unquote monsters of former military and it's like oh let's go after this guy you're or, so close to making my point for me that you're like, like should right. I, i'm just gonna stop i'll let oh. you do it because i don't want to take over the show this is because, your show because most of the time <laughs> otherwise these... this would be a way cooler show about <laughs> wrestling there's a lot of wrestling sorry we're still gonna do that one okay shh, don't tell anyone. you guys can't um, tell anyone but no like uh, most anyway. that, that's another thing that didn't line up with him with other serial killers is a lot of the time other serial killers are not going for male victims because we're the one easy exactly and i know there's women out there that can kick my ass i'm married to one i so am i <laughs> but i can both kick his ass like but serious. men generally are harder to physically control than women especially when you have two big dudes like these like the especially former military exactly mm-hmm. um yeah so back to the couriers well, um, definitely. on june 9th after uh, after lorraine didn't show up to work Diane Smith, who is actually uh, Bill's sister, who worked with Lorraine, uh, called UVM to ask Bill why she wasn't at work. 
when she found out that Bill hadn't showed up either, that's when she started to get a little worried because both of them are extremely punctual people and uh, they rarely, very rarely called out of work. So she then called called their house, got no answer, um, called Essex PD to, to have them do like a drive-by like um, welfare check. Yeah. Uh, it took it took them about 45 minutes to get to the house, which really can't, you know, that's really nothing big there because, so it took, uh, it took Essex PD. Yeah. Oh. I, I didn't even shut it off. So it took Essex PD about 45 minutes to, to respond, which, um, it's not uncommon cause it's a welfare check. It's not like, Hey, uh, I think my mom fell down her stairs. Can you go help her? And they'd have somebody there quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say anything bad about how the Essex PD handled this case because they did the best that they could but the 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 crime was so random any police department would have had a hard time doing this one they didn't botch the fucking thing. no they didn't fuck this up they, they did. weren't super cops but they weren't bottom of the barrel they yeah. definitely were there they were doing their job as best as they could exactly with what they, information they, they did had. their job to the best of the ability that they could with what they had to work with yeah because they know. probably never experienced anything like this no god it, it, and this guy that they're is doing this has been doing this across the country and for years and he's researched it from what you guys yep. said he knows how to play this game and wants to play this game so they're kind of they're SOL, they, even though they tried their hardest. Yeah, they they did what they could. Um, I mean, as as he said, I think what they're used to robberies, some random, uh, you know, drunk in public, hunt, hunting hunting accident shootings. They, they said that the most common the most common case that SXPD has to deal with is missing persons, but that's people that want to go missing. Like they're people that are like runaways. I'm going to go hiking. Oh yeah, and they don't tell anybody, and they're like, oh shit, we're you know we're so-and-so go and then two days later they show up and they're like well what the fuck were you oh is that hiking oh okay that's fine yeah so it's it's voluntary missing persons but when the police got there they found that all the doors were locked all the wind all the blinds were drawn inside the house mm-hmm. it wasn't until one of the cops kind of came around the back of the house where the kitchen window was and looked in and saw that the the window from the garage was broken so then at that point in time they have they have reason to enter the house oh so he broke into the garage he he, he Broke into the garage, but didn't do any physical damage to anything outside to make it look like he like kicked a door in or broke a window or anything like like that. So oh, yeah, you okay. don't find any clues unless you're really looking exactly. for. Exactly, I'm, I'm guessing he like, he jimmied the lock with something and came in and shut the door and locked it behind him. So when they see the broken glass, they have reason to enter the house and try to figure out what's going on. And they as they're walking through the kitchen, they obviously see the broken glass on the floor in the kitchen, meaning it was broken from the garage in. Mm-hmm. When they walk in, they see a shot glass on the counter, which has got Bill's diabetes medicine in it for the next morning, which he didn't take. Bill's wallet was still there. The only thing that was missing, other than Bill and Lorraine, were Lorraine's purse and a thirty-eight caliber Ruger revolver. In, in, their car, in their car. In their right? car. Yep. So they, they called in the Vermont State Police Crime Scene Search Team to do a more extensive search of the house. Uh, and this is when they begin processing it as a crime scene instead of a potential domestic assault or something like that. And mm. um, on June 11th, uh, George Murdy, the detective uh, got a call that someone had seen a man driving uh, Bill and Lorraine Saturn who did not fit the description of either Bill or Lorraine. I'm guessing it was probably someone who didn't necessarily maybe know Bill or Lorraine, but they knew the car. Like a lot of the time, like around here, you live in a small town, you see somebody you don't necessarily know him. You see him coming down the road, you're like, hey, you know, wave to him. But uh, a few days after the call about the car had come in, 
they found it next to uh, they found the car abandoned next to a dumpster in a parking lot of an apartment complex on Pearl Street, which is uh, it's about five. It's actually only about five minutes away from where Bill and Lorraine lived. So the apartment was yeah. was close. Uh, they even like a very quick inspection of the car. The police noticed that the driver's seat was pushed way back like a taller person had been driving in the passenger seat was pushed up like so it was almost touching the dashboard. Which doesn't make any – I mean, Lorraine could have been driving or right. been in the passenger seat. and It doesn't make any sense unless you have two people stuffed in the back seat on the floor and on the back seat. Or one – yeah. It, that's that's what I thought was like, okay, so he stuffed Lorraine on the floor, put Bill on the back seat, tied him up so they couldn't sit up. There's or also the trunk or the option trunk. too. Yeah. And depending on what type of Saturn it was, some of those Saturns had a pretty decent-sized yep. trunk because I did. owned one. Yep. Mine had a yeah. mine had a big ass trunk in it. So you could easily fit, possibly Bill in there and lay her across the floor in the back seat. Throw some blankets on there because right. that's a common thing too around here in most areas. Is that you have just oh blankets, depending on what time of the weather jackets. is you're gonna have jackets, sweatshirts, blankets just because cold weather prep is what we Vermonters need to yeah. do. It, it can fucking snow in June here. <laughs> it was snowing like two months ago. Yeah, like a little bit more in depth search. They did find some broken glass on the floor. Which, when the crime scene team uh, tested it, it actually matched the same... It came from the same piece of glass as the window from the garage into the kitchen. Hmm. So he'd walked in. This is where... I think this is this is where he starts getting sloppy. Because he's... Not, no, at this point in time. Because he walked through the broken glass. Any other time, I think he would have gone around it. But he walked right through it this time. If he got shoes on. Right. But... Are you if you're trying to sneak into somebody's house and say they have like linoleum floors or hardwood floors, are you going to step in the glass and make noise and potentially get it stuck in your shoes so you're making noise when you're walking through? Yeah, but I would walk around it. I don't know. But I don't know. It was it was after this that uh, after they found the glass that they started taking DNA samples from hairbrushes and toothbrushes and stuff like that to start building a DNA profile for Bill and Lorraine just just in case the worst did happen. Yeah. The police did checks to see if there'd been any activity on credit cards or phones or anything like that, uh, and they came up empty. Uh, five days after Bill and Lorraine went missing, uh, members uh, members of their family went in front of the media and asked for their safe return. On August fifteenth, on August fifteenth, George Murdy had contact uh, had contact with FBI profiler Bob Drew, who said uh, he he told him that the you know the couriers are most likely dead. He was like they've been missing for this long. They're, oh, yeah. they're they're dead. There's you know not much we can do with that. He told them that it was most likely at the hands of a white male who had con who had most likely had contact with one of the couriers and began to target them for the crime. And it was most likely carried out with a firearm. Murdy took the FBI's advice and began gathering piles piles of information and documents on the couriers and uh, tracked their life back step by step to the beginning of 2011. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, these guys worked their asses off trying to help these people out, and they just, they got, yeah. I hate to say they got outclassed, but that's kind of what happened. They got, well, they've never, they never had an encounter exactly. a serial they never, killer before. They never come up against somebody like this guy. Most of the break-ins up there are like, you know, dumb people trying to get money for drugs and shit. What, the closest serial killer that in the area closest one would be the the Connecticut River killer which we're going to cover cuz that's an unsolved one you know i mean that's that's the closest one but that wasn't even in vermont that no. was in new hampshire no um, he 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 fucking pulled it off yeah <laughs> but as we said they uh, 
after they found that the house where they'd been kept had been bulldozed, they investigated that landfill where everything had brought for, they investigated it for eight weeks and there was no human remains that matched anyone missing, including Billy Lorraine. So, yeah, he, uh, so that's where my theory comes back in that they are in the bottom of Lake Champlain somewhere. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, they won't be the, they would not be the only bodies there. Yeah. And in the interviews that, um, that commenced, uh, in uh what about like may june somewhere in that area the interviews um about that may june area um where the investigation was going on for the couriers interviews that took place um after he was caught and about the time that you were talking about the them looking for the bodies mm -hmm. he was being Keys was being informed about the whole thing, and you can see the you know we watched the interviews, and he Fucking was just hate. he was like, well, hate it, well you know, all right, well I gave you the information, I, I'm sorry that you know the bodies aren't there, they bulldozed them out. Have what, they found anything? What landfill? else do you want me to do? Yeah, he uh. had that like that full like elitist like I gave you this, it's not my fault, whatever. And I was like, I was gonna watch the interviews to oh, kind of join in the fun and. There's no fun at all to fun have. Fun was a poor, poor choice of words there. But I was actually going to watch the interviews to kind of get an understanding and all this stuff. But every time I turned it on, I was like, uh, no. No, I'm cool. I'm going to go watch a painting tutorial on how to paint a miniature or something like that. Because that's way more enjoyable than watching this guy who has snide comment, like the little douchebag undertones. And it's like, we get it. You did. You killed people. You got away with it for the most part. We understand all this stuff. But shut up, man. Just let it be. Yeah. Like, there's people that are suffering. We understand you don't care about your family, but these were people's family members. No, 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 no. no he, he did care about his family. He did. Oh. He did not want any I've of the... Him. Yeah, he didn't want any of the footage. He didn't want any notoriety at all for what he did because he nope. wanted to protect his daughter. Yeah, he she, didn't want he's his like, daughter I don't, to I don't want out. my daughter to grow up and Google my name someday and see what I did. So, how did he... Okay, this is off the rails. Sorry, everybody, but who procreated with this guy? Like, who uh, shacked up with him? It's going to sound weird because growing up, his family did spend time going to a uh, uh, white supremacist kind of yeah, church. Yeah, you saying that with the Chevy and the Cheyennes yeah. and well, the Pick'em Ducks? <laughs> the Pick'em Ducks. The, the sweet up, family the that, you know, that are super racist that don't like anyone except for named after trucks. Well, yeah. the, the, thing, the thing that I thought was weird about that was going to that church and stuff that the woman he had a child with was half black half native american so obviously the racist bullshit didn't stick with him yeah well and also it, it must not have because, stuck too well with his family because his name is israel yeah and, and they were you know clan members his parents were clan members right no or, no, no, no. no. Oh, okay the family next door possibly were clan members allegedly were clan members <laughs> well and the church they attended see i was okay that was those parts yeah. i was piecing together because it was like why would they want to be friends with these like, why would the clan family want to, alleged clan family, want to be friends with them when his first name is Israel and when down to the core of the clan, they don't like Jews. They don't like, and I'm like, right. piecing those things again. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Which, that's the other thing that I thought was weird was, you know, the woman that he had a child with is decidedly not white because, you know, black people are usually not white and neither well, are Native Americans. Apparently, compared to the rest of his family, he, he liked to live on the wild side. He didn't... I don't think it bothered... I don't think it stuck with him. I think he was just like, eh, whatever. Well, you, you know? said he was an atheist, yeah. so... Which... It, nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah, no. no the, the, the whole... 
So this so, guy is just a paradox to me. Yeah, and he's, the, and the whole, he's a fucking a, Rubik's Cube person. Yeah. The whole case, like, after... It makes Shrek look like plain Jane white he's, bread. He's ah. like if you took a dog shit, like a fresh dog shit, and put an onion around it, because the further you get to the middle and the core, the more it smells. You know? You get, like, onion smell, but then you get onion and dog shit smell. And dog shit smells worse than onions. Yeah. But if you mix the two... It's what this guy probably smelled like. Exactly. And, yeah. the whole, and the whole case after he got caught and then, you know, in, in, in the interview, doing interviews, and then after his death, a lot of this stuff, like, it, it just fucking gets weird. Even after his death. Yeah. The, the, some of the shit that goes on. We'll get into that. But yeah. So the next one we're going to talk about is uh, Samantha Koenig. She is the, the third person that was uh, murdered by keys and uh, and the only other one that they can pinpoint two keys because well he confessed to killing her and uh, i'm gonna give you a little bit of a warning if if you like to drink you might want to fix yourself one because it gets really fucking rough right here yeah because this this is a she was 18 years old all she was doing was working at a coffee stand yep. in anchorage which, That's her only crime. Yep. Was working at a coffee wrong place, stand. wrong time. Yep. Um, and Probably looking forward to her future. You know, working to be able to pay to go to either school. She she or... was saving up money to go to veterinarian college. <laughs> and I, I think I think this was the second one that he just did at random. Yep. Because the first one when he raped was going to kill her, but then it was like, eh, fuck it, yep. I'll let her go. This one that surprised me. I'm not gonna lie. That legit surprised me that because it's like that can easily be tied back, but, but in like, the situation like, it made sense. Like we said last week, he had all the equipment that he needed to rape her, point at crotch. Um, didn't have what he needed to kill her and dispose of her. So I think that's the only reason that stopped him from from killing that and first girl. She never came forward, never nope. we still don't nobody knows who she is. Nope. Completely anonymous. So Because why would you want to talk about it? I mean This is true, yeah. And especially raped. now you find out what but I was just surprised because of finding out he's dead now and all this other stuff. But then again, why would you want to bring up those yeah, it's, shit memories? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, I mean, well, no, it was kind of planned. This was it was it, a spur of the moment, but he did have a kill kit. But the, the whole the whole thing with the coffee shop was it was planned, yes, but it was not planned to be an abduction slash murder. He was planning on just robbing the coffee shop, and then when he saw Sam. He kind of changed his mind. It was like, I'm taking this girl home with me. And this is the part where you're going to find out how fucked up this guy is. No, I don't need to. I've already figured it out. Like oh. I said, I was coming in to lay down some humor and some jokes and be a little funny. haha. And it's like, no, man, any humor about this whole situation just cheapens yep. like the sacrifice and the loss of all these families and everything. And on it, honestly, and we're going to get into it, but um, Sam's death was it was kind of a sacrifice because as much as it, as it sucks that she was abducted and sexually assaulted and killed. If he hadn't done this to her, he would still be going. She's the reason he got caught. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. So he, he, she, she, she gets, she's closing up for the night. Okay. And because it's snowing like a motherfucker yeah, this, out. This was February 1st of 2012. Yeah. She's sno- it's snowing. As it does in Alaska. Yes. In February. Right. Or July, you know. <laughs> no, I don't know. if it, No, I, I've seen videos of where it doesn't snow in July. Uh, 
he approaches in a ski mask. Now, here's the here's the kicker. They know all this because there is video footage. Which I will be putting a uh, link to that up in the show notes yeah. for this week. Of him, you know, I, I didn't see the video footage of him approaching. All I saw was the it, video footage. It's all from the inside. Yeah. The, the security footage that they had. But there must be inside. some outside that they just didn't, they couldn't get access to. The, the security footage that they got of him and her walking away was from the Home Depot. Oh, which yeah. Which is across okay. the parking lot. It was like 100 yards from the coffee stand. Yeah. So you obviously can't tell that it's him or you don't get any facial features, but you just see two people walking and then one person breaks off and starts running and then the other one tackles yeah. it, tackles the other person. So he, he approaches because she's getting ready to close. Mm-hmm. He approaches. She thinks, oh, gee, my last customer. Yeah. He goes up, orders a, a drink. He ordered a fucking Americano. Whatever the fuck This guy's is. an asshole. He can't even just get black coffee like a normal person. Whatever that is. I don't know. Americano is. is one of those kind of coffees that has like coffee or an espresso, milk, and foam. Oh, for fuck's sakes. I like the macchiatos. Just because it sounds fun to say. <laughs> you would. Know. You would like it, wouldn't you? No, to be honest with you, I drink coffee straight black. Black no with nonsense. a touch of sugar? No, just straight black. I got to have a little bit of sugar in it. I, I just I drink hatred. I like drinking <laughs> hatred. Nice. I used to live on caffeine and nicotine and hate, but... Pretty much. The nicotine's gone, so now it's just caffeine and hate, so... So she made him the coffee, turns around, hands it back. He pulls out a gun, tells her... What? Turn the lights off. Yep. This is a robbery. This turn is a the robbery. Off. Turn the lights off. Tells her to what? Get on the ground. Mm-hmm. Get on the floor. He gets in. He climbed in through the service window where she was trying to hand him out the coffee. Gets in there. Takes her. Drags her ass out. No, he he zip tied her hands behind her. Oh back yeah, first. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's right. But then drags her out. Um, and then what? You said that he. Uh, I didn't see this part, but he said he walked he, with her to his vehicle, to her yep, vehicle, or to his, his vehicle? to his truck, where his he, truck. Had, he had taken um, the work rack off the back of it. He taken the uh, magnets off the side that had where it would said keys construction, which is fucking smart. Um, it, it you know the, the the magnet said keys construction, uh, fully licensed, fully insured, and it had his phone number underneath it to contact him. It was his business truck, so he took that off. He took the plates off, and he took the work racks off, so that. It, I wonder when they took off the magnets, if there's still the outline of the magnets. Because a lot of times oh, when you no. do that, there's He was still... smart. It was one of those big square ones where it was, like, screen printed on it. So all that would have been would just been, like, a clean square spot under the oh. dirt. But he also was driving a white uh, Chevy Silverado, which is the most common vehicle in the entire state of Alaska. I also For found that out make, what model, Americano and color. Is. What's that? I found out what Americano is. I just decided to look it up. It's a rich caramel espresso shot, espresso shot, hot water, and cream. That. It's watered down espresso with some cream on the top of I it. I fucking hate this guy. He can't even drink coffee, right? Uh, hey, man. To each his own? I, I'm not knocking people uh, like those things. No, I just hate this guy. Um, so he walks, walks her to the vehicle, basically almost like... Like, hey, she, we're boyfriend, girlfriend. She's got her hands zip tied behind her back. He's got his arm around her waist like he's walking his drunk girlfriend home from the club, which the other hand, he's got a twenty two pistol stuffed into her ribs. And uh, at one point in time, she actually does break free from him and starts running. And he just fucking like 
he was he was a tall guy, but he was apparently pretty quick. He, ch- he chased her down, tackled her into a snowbank, pulled her back up, and said, "You do that again, and I will kill you right here." Then walked her back to the truck, um, put her in the back seat after he tied her up further, put her in the back seat, covered her up with uh, blankets and tarps and stuff like that so she couldn't be seen. And um, he kind of just drove around town for a while, explaining to her that it had turned from a robbery into now a kidnapping for ransom. So, yeah, this this is the point where I started drinking, was reading about this whole thing with Sam. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this one was this was fucking rough. So he brings her. So this is how sadistic he is. He doesn't bring her to a random place. No, he brings her back to his house, to his workshop, his garage. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's probably where he feels most comfortable. Has all the tools, and he can do whatever he needs to do. Yeah, he brings her back to there. He, meanwhile, his daughter and girlfriend. Or in the house. Less than 50 feet away from where he is. Oh. He rapes her? No. We're, not yet, he doesn't. First, he tied her up, told her, I need your ATM card, I need your PIN, and I want your cell phone. And she told him, I left my phone at work because, you know, obviously I left in a hurry. So he drives back to the Common Grounds coffee shop where she worked, which this coffee shop kind of looked like uh, kind of looked like a big-ass fishing shanty. And it was just like on a trailer kind of thing, so you could just move it wherever you wanted. Yeah, it was a mom and pop kind of operation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he goes back in, breaks back into the shop, gets your cell phone, finds the ends of the zip ties that he had cut off that he forgot, finds those on the floor, picks them up, takes them with him too. Again, starting to get sloppy. And that's not sloppy. That's just being proficient. But being sloppy in the first place by forgetting them there. Well, to be fair, he also probably had to deal with her and do the whole situation if it's a small shack like a fishing shanty style thing there's not much moving around and then trying to get her back to the truck he may have went back but then true. but he but it also he, either way it's he's a messed kind up situation of, uh, he's proficient yeah he's very being very proficient he's also uh trying to cover his tracks as yeah, best as he can because he's like oh he if it's there has, i might as well yeah he probably has gloves on yeah, yeah. exactly you know Dude, it's fucking so freezing outside. what is he you worried about on. he's not worried about fingerprints no because he could have left them but he's just like Oh, shit, I made a mess. Hold on. Yep. Let me pick that up. Yeah, because then that way there's nothing out of place. It looks like she just left and she closed like, up like, shop. Yeah, like she had a bad night closing and just didn't clean up after herself and this and that and the other. Um, the worst part about this up to this point, other than her being kidnapped, is when he went back to the coffee shop, he had missed Sam's boyfriend who was there to pick her up by less than an hour. So she gets her phone. Goes back to his uh, goes back to his garage and goes, "Where's your ATM card? It's in my boyfriend's truck." He goes and prints a fucking map out, and says, "I want you to point on here to where I can find your boyfriend's truck." <laughs> so she finds, she gives him his address. He goes to the boyfriend's house, breaks into his truck, and in the process of breaking into the truck, the boyfriend comes out of the house, sees somebody in his truck, and starts yelling at him. And Keys steps back out and stands up, and because he was he was like six two, six three, he was a, he was a tall guy. Yeah, yeah. And the boyfriend sees him and is kind of like, oh, shit, and just goes back in the fucking house. Shuts the door and locks it. So he just broke into his truck, and he's like, fuck it. And just goes back in the house. So he now has Sam's cell phone, Sam's ATM card, and Sam. So this is where, yeah, this is where he goes back to his garage, ties her up further, uh, sexually assaults her. Man, and, rapes her. Yeah, and then he strangled her to death with a zip tie. 
Now, he, here's the thing. He rapes her, does all this to her, kills her, okay? Sends out, makes a ransom note. Oh, no, that's not yet. He, uh, after he, after he, well, after, go, after well, he go raped, into it there, after he raped I'm just trying her. to, I'm doing the fine points here, and I, I, don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I'm somebody that knows yeah, nothing, no, so I've, you guys got to teach me, like, the regular fans. So, after he rapes and kills her, he, uh, he kind of hoists her body up over a, uh, over a cross beam in his garage to... Um, I'm guessing to let the blood settle further in her body, like down towards her legs and her feet in that area. Well, yeah, and if it's that cold, depending on if the garage is heated or not, that blood will you hang them up, coagulate, and then yep, exactly evil bad things that you see on TV that you don't ever want to know in real life. Well, in the meantime, while she's hanging up there and he's letting all this happen to her, he goes in the house, uh, takes a shower. Packs for their okay, vacation. Yeah, that's where I was going. I was, that's where I was going. Was that he he goes in plans plans a vacation. Oh, the vacation was already planned. He was just packing well, for it. Yeah, he packs for it. But now, if I remember right, this, this motherfucker went in. And he, he 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 talks with her. Has goes on the vacation. Hold on. He goes in, does all of his stuff, kisses his girlfriend goodnight, and puts his daughter to bed. Then goes back out to finish up with Sam. That's that's the kind of fucking monster that this guy is, that he can just go, I'm going to do something normal, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I've got something I have to finish. So he goes out. That's a light switch situation, man. That's man. what we were talking about yeah. earlier. Goes on a vacation he, for he 15 goes, days to the Caribbean. This is after he took her down, stuffed her in a fucking uh, cupboard in his garage, and packed a bunch of stuff in front of her so that she couldn't be seen. So, Yeah, because, well, it's fucking cold, yeah. and it's February, and don't have to worry about rot or anything like that right so the next morning they take off and they're gone for 15 days well poor sam is dead in his garage so after he returns he uh he plans the uh he writes out the ransom note all that and um actually takes sam's body out of the closet out of the cupboard whatever it is uh thawed her out (laughs) and sexually assaults her again and I did in the book that I was reading. He uh, he did say that he was surprised that the, he still felt warmth, which is the fucking most disgusting thing I've ever heard. That I guarantee was said for shock value because a lot of times when they're saying things like that, they want to keep them feeling. You know, whoever's interviewing, keep them interested, keep them interested, keep the uh, the and, nastiness there. And you know what? It, it worked because that was that was fucking awful. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. So he writes up the the ransom note. He gets a newspaper uh, from the thirteenth, I believe. Um, puts it, puts it beside her. Takes a photo. Okay. Takes a photo. And in the photo, it looks like she's wide awake. Okay. Uh, let let me get into that though. So what he had done is he had gone to. Uh, well, he, okay. I'm sorry. It, it's <laughs> in my brain. It, it, I, I need to get rid of it. Um, gone to a local Walmart and bought a bunch of cosmetics. Uh, when he went back to his, his garage, he spent between three and four hours putting makeup on her. Um, and it, she still didn't look right. She still looked like she was just completely expressionless. Um, so after trying to do some stuff with like uh, like tape and super glue on her face to try to give her a little bit of emotion, which he still couldn't do, he took a, uh, he took a curved needle and some fishing line uh, he sewed a line down between her eyebrows and along the, I believe he said it was the left side of her nose, 
and then came back up through the other eyebrow. And when he got done, he pulled the string tight so it looked like she had her eyes scrunched shut. And then he started taking the pictures. He took five or six pictures before he finally got one that he thought looked good enough to use. No, no, no. He, he had them scrunched shut. There's a couple of different pictures where she has her eyes open still, and she just looks like a corpse. The one he actually sent in is the one where she's got her face kind of like crunched up like she's like she's scared. Um, the other pictures they, they have were from when they raided his house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they, they, said on, they said on there that he had did the, his, he sent it with his eye, her eyes open. Yeah, he, he because had Because to make her look like she was still alive because in the ransom note, you know, she said, you know, if you want to see her alive, well, you wouldn't have a scrunched up. Well, he, he would go on during one of his interviews with the FBI to say, quote, she didn't look good. I mean, her skin, you could start to see the blood underneath her skin and some bruising. She definitely didn't look alive. So, yeah, it took me a long time. Yeah, I just decided to be stupid and look it up. And you can clearly see the uh, the bruising underneath the part where he used the uh, the zip tie. The zip ties are on yep. her neck. You can see the bruising there on her chest, probably where he was kneeling down. And it's... It's not a not a good thing. Definitely definitely not a good thing. <sighs> Realizing that someone this messed up would do all this shit. Yeah. So the 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 the, the, fo- the, fo- the photo got out. The community get band together got the 65,000 put it in her account. Which he was only asking for 30 originally. Yeah, to get to get her back. They weren't going to get her back. No. Not possible. No, considering she she had already been dead for damn near a month at that point in time uh-huh. that the the yeah. ransom note went out. He, yeah, she had been dead for a month or so, whatever it was, twenty some odd days, I think, two weeks, yeah, two months, something like that. Been dead. He dismembers her body, puts her part body parts in bags. Says, "Hey, I'm going to go out ice fishing." Well, to go out ice fishing, there you have to take a chainsaw. Oh, it's ice, fish, ice fishing anywhere. You have to cut a hole in the ice. You don't have to necessarily. You can do an auger hole, but he cut a hole so that, you know, and plus you hear that sound, you know, okay, whatever. You're probably just thinking someone's going out there ice fishing exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Takes fucking bloop, bloop, dumps the fucking bo- you know, bags in the, in the lake, which is uh, Montas- Manasuka. Is that how it's Manasuka? I'm trying to find it here. Um, Mana Mana Uska Mana Uska That's what it was Not Mana Suka Yeah Mana Uska Matanuska Is how I was pronouncing it But I'm probably sure. pronouncing it wrong He dumped their body in And Then he began Doing his little traveling He went well, He went to an ATM mm-hmm. In Anchorage Yep Just to test it To make sure that he gave her The right number Took out the money Went from there To what was it? Uh, uh, Southwest. Arizona. Somewhere. Arizona took New out Mexico money. New Mexico took out money. And Texas. Then Texas. Texas was his last place. The, and the fucker got caught that, there. That takes us right back to the very beginning where we started last week where he got busted in Texas. Because they, the whole time they could, they could trace it. But all they saw for tracing purposes of, you know, who came up at the time was just someone in a mask. Mm-hmm. They could not get anything because you're not going to see anything at all on it. You're not going to see a uh, a person because you, know, you have a mask on. Right. You're not going to get any 
fingerprints because so many people gloves. well yeah but so many people take um use the atm how are you going to take get fingerprints no specific but he even said during some of the interviews and stuff that he never handled her card without wearing gloves even like right after he got it he never touched her card with his bare hands yeah but what got him caught is the fact that one he was shitting where he ate which he never did before he was killing somebody in the same fucking city that he lived in and two he was instead of just trying to get cash right then and there he was using her card to take money out and they could track they tracked his ass across the country with that but they probably would never have caught him even if if he had they wouldn't have caught him if he had taken the fucking plates off that rental car exactly but he if he had taken the plates off the car or not used his real name when renting the son he of was a bitch too fucking you're... smart for his own good exactly. is exactly what it is um the problem is certain rental car companies you have to use your license so unless you have connections to be able to get you a fake ID or anything like that, you can't rent a car. Working in that in that in that field for mm-hmm. as long as I did, you have to have a credit card in your name and you have to have a license, like a valid up to date license. So he probably had to do it out of necessity. But something tells me this dude could have got fake IDs and stuff though. Oh, there's also uh, like the rental car companies like Rent a Wreck or something like that where you just have cash. Right. They don't ask questions. Here you go. Also in the show notes, I'm going to put up a, uh, a link to a Facebook page called Seeking Alaska's Missing, which the uh, the acronym for that is SAM, which was set up by uh, Samantha Koenig's father to try to help um, find other missing people in Alaska. And yeah, this this one was this was fucking hard for me to go through. It was this was rough. Um, yeah, yeah so. it, was, it was rough. OK, so <laughs> this guy. I laugh, but he's a fucking I, – I think he's a moron. I'm sorry. He's just he, – he really is. Um, Gets dragged in. He's a moron, but he's also a kind of a, a genius a little bit. He's probably extremely book smart, moderate street smart. Or it could be the reverse. I think he's I, both. I would go reverse. Reverse? Because he, he mentions in this, – this is why I say this. He mentions in one of his uh, interviews – I think it was around June or so. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, He's like, a cocksucker. So, I fucking hate this are, asshole. Are, are you done? Are, you, are we still recording? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one of his interviews, he gets asked. I think it was like around uh, sometime in like – I don't remember if it was May or if it was the July interview. He gets asked, where did you get your guns? Did you did you buy, purchase them? Or what? He goes, no, nah, I never purchased a gun in my life. He goes, never purchased a gun. Well, how'd you get it? I had means. Just went out and I bought them. You know, I never went somewhere and never had a gun. Bought out. one legally. He he never went had he, he see this is where the part where you said that he had the gun with him. He checked it. it. According to him in the interview, he never had a weapon with him when he went there. He it was there already. See, that's where you get the conflicting shit because there's also the part where it said he he told them he checked it in his luggage when he flew to Chicago. He's a contradictory He's a fucking liar. He, he contradicts himself yeah. all the time. Well, most of the time they all do. Yeah, exactly. And plus, if he doesn't have a gun with him, specifically this day, there's a way to buy him secondhand, buy him off somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. You see, look in the paper. Oh, such and such gun for sale. All right, go. And if you have the money and you're willing to pay a little extra. Mm-hmm. There's certain times where they won't do the background. Yeah. In private private sales, you don't have to do a background check anyway. Not in this state, at least. Uh, no, but, yeah, not right now. But here's the other thing. What was one of his other hobbies? 
other than raping and murdering people. Being a fucking douchebag? He liked to break into people's houses. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. You know? You break into somebody's house when they're not home, you've got plenty of time to go through their shit, and maybe they've got guns. So, his inter- some of his... In- I, I kind of, like, looked into some of his interviews... Which I'm going to – I've also got links to every single yeah. FBI interview we're going to put in the show notes. Cause so this is this is the um, May 24th, 2012 um, interview that he gave with the FBI. Like I said before, he was – when he was captured and everything, in he Texas. was tra- – In Texas. He was transported to Alaska, and that's where he then confessed to the – the courier murders. He said, you know, hey, you're going to find two more bodies, blah, 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 which I couldn't find those. All I could find was clips, what? which I couldn't actually oh, the, find. the interviews in Texas? No, 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 no. The interviews where he actually confessed to the courier murder because everything was always like a clip, clip, or it was like a – there was a, a July 1st or something like that interview, but you could never find it. Because those ones were in Texas. Those were not with the FBI. That was with uh, sheriff's department, state police, something like that. Well, no, it was, it was July – it was July first. Was one of the interviews where he hmm. gave a that because I'm trying to think. Like I, I thought, or he that... talked about the whole. Um, I go to the grocery store, pick them out. Yeah, it was July. It, you can't find that. I'm like, what the fuck? Maybe they still have them under wraps or something like that. Maybe there could be still an ongoing investigation because a lot of times they just talk shit. Yeah, and if they don't have dialed down or legit real evidence. They're not going to give it the time of day because it's a still a cold case. So, like with the couriers, they can't find a body. They just have him. Oh yeah, I did this, and he found a debit card. Those people could have been taken out by somebody else. He found it. Be like, oh well, I want the notoriety when I get caught. So he just started using it. But he didn't want the notoriety. And, the, and there's also what I mean is like now talking about it, even though he had the card, he probably could have used it. And then, yeah. And who then knows? The, this guy seems like he didn't know what he wanted or how he wanted to be. Then there's the matter of the other seven bodies that came up missing in areas where he was, where he's like, I maybe did something there. Possibly, but I'm not going to talk about him until yeah. I get my way. Exactly. Exactly. So give me I'd, give him, I'd give him a fucking cigar. Yeah. So this interview was Big that, cigar, the 524-2012. That's a good one. Happened the day after he tries to escape while yeah. in court. Now, here's the reasoning why he was going to try to escape while in court well, that he gave. And this makes me feel like he was a fucking little kid because mommy and daddy were talking bad about me and I don't like it. Mm-mm-mm. You now, big... F- oh, slap the shit Can, can we you. explain how he tried to escape? Well... Yeah, like, expand <laughs> on this one because this is... Again, he, dude, I'm... He, he was in court. Evil okay. fucking genius still. In court, okay? He's like a he, Marvel villain. This is yeah, a, the, we've already established the, that. This he's... escape is not the first time. No, I, I I go into there's another one. He goes, he wiggles. He's in court. He's hearing the prosecutors. He's sitting on the defense side. Yep, yep. Just saying, just Pro- chilling there with, with his with his attorneys, chilling. Okay. The prosecutors are talking about this stuff, and they're talking about different things, and he's not liking what he's hearing. Hmm. Where the truth? How much it hurts? Yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't like what he's hearing because it doesn't follow his plan of not being, not having his name put out there. He didn't want that. So I he do starts stuff not wiggling. to get noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He starts wiggling his legs. Okay. And he's rubbing his ankles together, together under the under the desk and breaks out of the leg irons that he's in. Get, climbs over the fucking... What were these things? Like plastic prop ones that you find at a Halloween shop? Dude, motherfucker is like skinny Bane. 
Like I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I'm doing the same exact thing. And I'm like, that's just annoying. But the best part is after he broke one of them loose, because he only, he only popped one. He bent down like he was fixing his shoe and just put his fucking pant leg over it. So it didn't look like it was any different. So he's got his ankles free and he's got his leg covered and he just decides, well, now's my chance and jumps up on the fucking stand and jumps across the thing and tries jumps to take across, off. Tries to take off, gets only so far, gets tackled by two guys and then another one comes in. Yeah, the, the FBI agent that was there said that when those first two guys stepped in front of him, he hit him and carried him like three yards. Like a fucking, I was, like a run, like a linebacker, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry for this, but I have that whole like weird little feeling, like when you see like the old shows, like with a bad guy, like you never catch me, cops. Yeah, kind and of. He's trying to run out there, and it, except for I know this guy is nowhere near that cool. No. <laughs> so. Or cool. <laughs> yeah. So now's when we can start picking on him because now we're picking on him and not oh, the I'm victims. Gonna, uh, I'm. A, I'm. Gonna fucking smash the shit out of him. Cause I Either way, a Kevin is going to make this guy just edit this part out. I got nothing. He looks like a fucking trout. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, yeah, I fucking hate him. Um, Skinny head, wall-eyed motherfucker. <laughs> look like someone should take his underwear, pull it all the way over his head, and just boot him straight in the ass. Yeah, yeah, an atomic wedgie with a good kick in the nuts, definitely. And it's just just as a disclaimer for everybody, just when you if you watch these interviews, skip over the first like three minutes maybe no, two no. minutes watch them because you can see him sit there bored waiting for the interviewers to come in and he just takes a fucking nap you well know? one of them he does he, he takes, takes a nap like nap. he's a fucking person uh-huh not he the takes, goddamn monster that he is oh well, this one oh, the investigator comes in and goes oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to wake you up and he goes no that's okay i just didn't sleep good last night fuck you fuck you fuck you forever in the fucking fuck you like well there's probably a reason why he didn't sleep very well Hopefully he was getting butt fucked all night long. Oh, no, no, no. He, every, no, no. There's a reason. And we'll get to that when, when I talk about his. Just remember that. <clears throat> okay? FBI investigators talking with him. I believe it's FBI. Yep. Um, they make a comment of how um, they had a discussion with the prosecuting attorneys and about their availability to talk to Keys about not having his name put out there. And. They say that one of the reactions of the, pros- the prosecutor that they could get in touch with, because the other one, they couldn't. The, the one prosecutor goes, what the fuck? <laughs> and Exact wording? Yeah. And guess what Key's reaction was? Hmm. He laughs. He laughs at that. And prior to, the, to him telling the investigators that... Um, you know what the attorneys would say, so he laughs at it, and then he he uh, he tells the investigator uh, that uh, said, "What what do they think I was going to do? Get away? No, I just thought you were just going to run away." What a fucking asshole! And then he laughs again. Oh my god! Like an asshole. <laughs> and he goes to say, "They just don't like excitement." I, I, he goes, "I would have sent a letter, a, a anonymous letter, when I got wherever." And then laughs again. It's like he just doesn't give a shit. He didn't. He didn't. He he when he t- he actually talked directly to Bill Murdy, uh, the detective from Essex, about the uh, the courier murder. The first thing he told him was, "I have absolutely no remorse for what happened to those people. What can I help you with?" Like, are you fucking kidding me? I would have flown <laughs> to Alaska and kicked him in the fucking head myself. Yeah. He he claims that his escaping, trying to escape from 
from the courtroom wasn't part of some grand scheme. Yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. So why did you say that, you know, he, he would have sent an anonymous letter? He oh, makes he, it, he's saying he would have sent an anonymous letter because he wasn't planning on ever getting caught. Yeah, exactly. He makes another comment that makes me kind of feel like he's a douche. He says, from everyone's perspective, I'm a bad guy. And let's be honest, I wasn't a good guy before. I was trying to escape. And laughs. laughs. So by the time this interview is completed, you kind of can see that the the FBI really got to Keys by saying, listen, douchebag, by you trying to escape and you saying what you're saying right now, you're, you're you know, you just probably jeopardized everything that you're, you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, because he, he told them when he got caught in Texas that his goal was to be he executed yeah. within a year. He didn't want to live. He wanted no. to be dead. And mm-hmm. they were going to be like, they were like, no, you're going to trial and we're going to see what it is. Because, oh, wait, Alaska doesn't have the death penalty. And uh, he should have a death penalty. Put him out in the frozen ice block and let him just hang out there. Exactly. Let a polar bear go after him. Yeah. See what happens. <laughs> but freeze his dick to a telephone pole. But this, see, this doesn't, this doesn't stop Not the him tip of all. it, like the side of it. So you had to, have, you know, if you were to pull off, you'd pull a bunch of the skin off. Oh, yeah. This doesn't stop him at all, oh, though. I think I lost the sponsor. <laughs> nah. Doesn't stop him at all from being a dick, because well, one of my next interviews that I listened to was in July. It was July twenty sixth, twenty twelve. And he's still an asshole. He's a bigger douche. This one, and his douche level goes to eleven. <laughs> oh, he's over nine thousand. Oh, a, he's he a fucking super saiyan douche. Most definitely over nine thousand. The f. This is the point where I look at this like the FBI's like mom and dad. Okay. <laughs> And I'm kind of like, you motherfuckers. The FBI pretty much kissed his ass to try to get him to believe that they're doing their best to keep him out of the headlines. They're like, listen, listen, Israel, Israel, come on, buddy. Cooperate with us. You know, we're doing our best here to get the, you know, Vermont to, to cooperate with us. And we're trying to get them out of the headlines and this and that. And he's like, well, you guys aren't doing a good enough job. He acts like a little shit. He fucking pouts a lot. And he's not, he knows that mom and dad aren't, you know, letting him get his way. So the FBI tried to play. So the FBI tried to like, you know, be smoothed it over. But then they tried to play hardball with him. Good cop, bad cop. no. From they the just, same no. fucking cop. No, they just tried to play hardball. You know, pretty much tell him, listen, you know, he was being a prick and that they were pissed. They like, basically told him, you're, you're being a prick. Stop being a prick. You know. <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking at me for? I know I'm the asshole of the group of friends here. But... Hey, stop being a prick. I'll point at Kevin now. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not even looking. So And, and pretty much saying that they're pissed off at him for acting like he did. Because... They're hindering him as well. So Israel barks back at him. And surprise, surprise, guess what? Guess what he gets? Yeah, um, His way? Yeah, he gets the response that he wants. That was like a bowl is, of mac and cheese? You know, pretty much. Mom and dad, you know, coming through, going, okay, buddy. You should have got slapped on the side of the head with a fucking frying pan. Yeah. And then they bring in his, his lawyer. And Israel kind of changes a little bit. His mentality, sort of, not really. He boosts up the douchery 
even more. The lawyer the whole time is trying to go and trying to like be a lawyer and go, okay, well, listen, I hear what you're saying, but Israel and I got to talk about this. Yeah, or, or I'm we, actually trying to do my job here that I'm actually getting paid for. Yeah, Israel and I have to talk about this. Israel just keeps fucking breaking in and going, you know, says nothing. So starts saying some shit. And he, it was like they were trying to say something about uh, uh, what was it? Um, some session that they wanted to have with the prosecutors or something like that. Oh, closed door session. Yeah, something like that. Where it's all the parties included: the judge, the the prosecution, the defense. Some yeah, something like that. But then, but Israel wasn't going to be included. So he be. makes the comment of, "Well, if I'm not going to be included, my lawyers aren't going." So there. Ha, ha, ha. And another big thing with the interviews that they, they touch on at the beginning of every single one of these interviews is they keep telling him, okay, we can talk about um, the couriers. We can talk about this, that, the other. We cannot talk about the Samantha Koenig case because it's still open. And that's the only thing he wants to talk about. And he's they, they keep they tell him, if you mention, if you bring it up, we will have you return to the prison. We cannot talk to you about this because it's not a closed case yet. Well, eventually he he kind of gets the point and doesn't. He goes, "Well, I know, I know, I can't talk about that." You know, in this point, he he's in that point as well of like saying, "Okay, I can't. No, I can't talk about that." But this is the interview where he point blank looks right at both the FBI guys and says, "Listen, you don't give me what I want. I don't give you what you want. I don't give you what you want. But guess what? I'm gonna get what I want without you." Ha Which ha. is baffling if I you don't really need think you. about it. And he laughs. He, he laughs at, at what he just says. Yeah, because he thinks he's the funniest guy in the world. Like, that's what's getting me about this is that sometimes they have remorse. Sometimes they have some sort of feeling or whatever. To him, it's like, ah, oh, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all one big joke. And it's like, what goes through someone's head that a life is just a throwaway, a joke, a punchline or whatever? Yeah, and it, by the by the end of end of the footage, Israel's attorney, he's got a, got a you know a piece of paper, you know, has got a notepad like what you have, Seth. Yeah. Okay. He's like, you know, you can hear me shuffling. He's flopping it over a couple times, writing some notes. Then finally, by the end, he flops it back over, tosses it, sits back, and just goes goes, okay, whatever. Israel's running the show. Let him do it. You know. His he, attorney said that. He, no, that's that's where his reaction was, was pretty much like nonchalant. Fuck him. Oh, his his attorney was just finally got like, to the point where he's like, "Fuck yeah. it, I don't care about yeah. this asshole anymore." You no, know, I'm trying. I'm frustrated as hell because I'm trying to be a lawyer to this guy and help him get what he wants. But the but he's not listening to a fucking word I got. to say. And the thing is, I don't think he was actually his like paid lawyer. I think he was a public defender, so he was kind of like, "I have to it's do a, this." One of his public defenders. But he's kind of like, I have to do this because this is the case that I had assigned to me. I don't want anything to do with this fucker. Now, Maybe that's the reason why Israel was playing all these games is because he knew, why bother? He's, mm-hmm. he's the kind of guy that if it had gone to trial, he's the kind of guy that would have numerous times have been like, just looked to his lawyer in the courtroom and been like, you're fired. I'm defending myself. Oh, he mentions that. And the judge would have gone, nope, we're going to fucking recess until we get you another uh public defender and then we're coming back for it he mentions that during i think it was this interview where he says well what if i and i'll fire them and uh i i you know just um represent myself and they don't respond because he wasn't you know <laughs> he wasn't ted bundy who when he was in prison 
was actually studying law books where he could have gone, okay, you can leave. I'll defend myself. I kind of know what I'm doing. This guy yeah. had no fucking clue what he was doing. Now, I did want to bring up the point of you know him laughing. And I told you, you know, both of this was that I feel that some of his laughing, well, he's just a douche. And, he, you know, he likes to laugh at certain things. I feel that some of his times when he laughs, I think it's a more defense mechanism. Yeah, I do the same thing. When I get nervous, I laugh. Yeah, I've we, seen it. Yeah. We're <laughs> That's a story for another day. Yeah, we'll yeah. save that one. He kind of, you know, then goes on. He has, like, what, another three, four, five, six more interviews with the FBI. And then finally takes his own life. What was the date on that? His uh, killing himself? Yeah, him doing the world a favor. Uh, you know, where he should have started instead of killing all these other people for no reason. Commits suicide by cutting his wrist and hanging himself. What did he um, uh, cut his wrist with? Did he... I will tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wow. I was like... This motherfucker was good. He, he was so good at killing people, he's even good at killing himself. But I think... There was something fucking rather odd about this one, though. He should have done it in the first place. Well, Mm -hmm. there there was something odd about the whole suicide thing, okay? Uh, He kills himself on December 12th. Yeah, December 12th. December 2nd, 2012. Like I said before, he was in federal custody, but was being held at the Anchorage jail to face the charges of uh, killing Samantha Koenig. But also, yeah, for that, but but he was in federal custody. custody because of the courier murder which it puts him at the federal level because right. it was national and, and you can't be in two prisons at the same time yeah plus also because of the um using the debit card right which is a federal crime he, w- he was being held in alaska essentially because that's where his most recent crime had been committed yes now here's the funny thing why i, I don't understand why he was in it's not really funny, but it's not. I don't understand why he was in in a, in a jail cell by himself, or in the setting with uh, with blankets and everything else again. Um, because prior to he's killing himself, he attempted to escape. He attempted to escape from court, like I said, and he was disciplined. Um, they put a live snake up his ass. Yeah, he was disciplined for it. What? Dude, I can't help it. I just I'm <laughs> so, getting distracted because I this guy is. He's exhausting. He yeah. is. Yeah. Like well, like some real talk here. This guy is like straight up exhausting. And I've only – I haven't done any of the research, obviously. I haven't done anything. I'm literally just here. Hmm. Like I said, I was coming to bring some humor and some joy into this and to kind of make – lighten the load, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But this now, guy just – Yeah. He's all there. Yeah, his attempting to escape was – he did it by a pick-type device. Which you know how he made it? It picked type Pokemon. Mm. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea what that means. Me neither. He Magic made it. He, he, this fucker was MacGyver. Yeah, apparently everything you guys have been saying. Dental floss and a paperclip. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yep. And so he was considered a max max detainee. And I put that in air quotes. The air quotes were super fucking massive. That one. Double maximum security penitentiary. Oh yeah. Double. He was a uh, a max max detainee. And which means that he was to be cons- be escorted everywhere he went by two officers. Um, in July, they found a makeshift noose in his cell, which he was going to try to kill himself, which was the reason. And then he was 
he was sent to a mental health unit for the uh, of the jail and was placed on a suicide in, in a suicide cell, which means that there was no sheets on the bed or any other implements that he could use to kill himself. You see, himself. that could be confusing because a suicide cell sounds like something like they'd put him in there so he could kill himself. Exactly, they should have. You know? It's like, hey, we're going to put you in this bulletproof box with a rifle. Don't shoot yourself, even mm-hmm. though we know you want to kill yourself. But that didn't sink into the motherfuckers at the jail that, hey, this guy is suicidal. Or he's an escape. He tries it wants to escape. He might do it again. Nah, nah, nah. He's fine now. We're going to put him back into a normal cell. I mean, okay, whatever. The night that he committed the suicide, well, actually, he commits he commits a suicide on December 12th, December 2nd, 2nd 2012, okay? The, that night, the officer who was supposed to be watching him well, he really was, was 25 feet away from him, and he could see into the cell because the cell was just a glass, you know, but... He was in a fucking Magneto cell. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> um, well, that way they can keep constant 24-hour, like, checkup on him yep. and all that other random shit. Make exactly. Sure he, yeah. So he, he, was, he was put in there, you know, did whatever. The guy that was watching him was fired fired for negligent inattention pretty much he wasn't paying attention but but that doesn't make any sense because i will i will explain in just a moment the arbitrator found that the officer lauren uh jacobson was just an scapegoat because the the prison jail they had, had to get rid of somebody yeah because they, and... they had they had a series of this of some of of officers not just doing their job which kind of makes Probably. sense because of how he committed suicide. Right. He, Jacob said at the time of the suicide was on his meal break, according to the union rep. Allowed yeah. to get a union, allowed, allowed to do it. Yeah. So he went on his break. How dare you eat lunch when you're supposed to be watching I this mean, guy who's it, on suicide watch? They make it sound like this guy was out smoking crack and jerking off in the snow or something. He was eating fucking dinner. Exactly. <laughs> when Jacobson came back at 10 o'clock, he. Went back to watching him. He saw that Keys was underneath his blankets. Checked on him 16 times. 16 times before he goes on his... Before he gets relieved by another guy. That's okay? a ter- you're doing a terrible job. During this... Terrible job. <laughs> during this time period, Keys climbs underneath his blankets, slashes his wrists with a razor, which, come to find out, he got from another officer. What? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Somehow another officer got him the razor. So, but the guy Jacobson got you know, let go because of uh, he didn't watch the handoff. Yeah, he didn't see it. That's fucked. Um, yeah, that poor guy's probably like, oh man, I'm just ready to get done with this week. I want to go eat. I'm gonna be back. I don't want to watch this guy. This guy is a complete asshole. He's an animal. He's a monster. Yeah. So uh, and maybe he back. let him kill himself. I can get the weekend off. Or yeah, or or keys or keys just kind of con the guy into saying, "Hey, you know, give me a razor." Hey, my my balls are getting getting shaggy. I need a razor. Hook me up. Um, so he cut his wrist and then he strangles himself with a makeshift noose. So at least he was thorough. He wanted to make sure he was going to try to survive it. You know, keys wasn't discovered until six a.m. the next morning, when 
the switchover of of uh, on duty officer took place. So well, that could have been actually the, the reason why then, because if he checked him sixteen times, realistically, he should have checked him again throughout the course of the night before the shift change. And if there's that time frame where there was nothing, he, he checked him, checked him. He goes, I didn't see anything. It was dark in there. I mean, what are you gonna see? You know, it's it's dark. Yeah, you can tell he's underneath the blankets. What are you, what are you gonna do? So, you know, he, he was he, under his blankets, but wasn't he hanging up? Yeah, I thought he was trying to become a butterfly. No, I think he just he tied it onto his bed frame. I'm I'm guessing this is what he did. Tied it onto his bed frame. Fucking went went down further and pretty much just strangled himself. Yeah. What he, the fuck? From the top, like from where the headboard would be, the oh. head post would be, and just slide yourself down little by little, little by little. Those, those metal. Metal frames, yeah, and they're bolted to the ground, so that way you can't take them almost, apart. Almost makes me wonder if he was laying on his on his stomach and he got his feet down at the bottom of the mattress and was using his feet to pull himself. Could be possible. Oh, that's so, fucked. By the time, they yeah, found but I don't him, feel bad for him. No, God, no, no. By the time they found him, rigor had set in, so he'd been dead for a long fucking time. Well, yeah, for- yeah, it's uh what, like six or eight hours, something like that. It takes for rigor to set in. Mm-hmm. Then the so, bloating starts. So Ugh. somewhere. Throughout the night, so probably midnight, you know, eleven midnight, somewhere like that. Because they found him what six a.m. Yep. Yeah, it was Told the same so. through the uh, the shift change. Yeah, so it's probably so that's probably the reason why that guy got let go was that there was that six hours where he wasn't really truly checked. Because again, if he cut his wrist, there must have been something on the floor, unless he kept him tight into himself. It could have been just on the. I mean, it, but it's again, dark, it's though. dark, and depending on the blankets are dark and all that stuff. You're not going to see the notice, probably notice any water or any blood or anything on the ground. Yeah, because you're not going to look down. You're just going to look. Okay, he's good. Keep going. Oh, this this convict or if, this inmate looks fine. If Keep you moving. think about it, if he cut his wrist and then he's strangling himself, when you, you get strangled, it forces the blood to your head, so your blood pressure on your wrist would have probably slowed down a little exactly. bit. Exactly. So if he was laying like with his hands down into the mattress or whatever, that might have soaked up most of it. Probably. I mean, I'm not a doctor or anything. I've never claimed to be one, but... But, meanwhile, Jacobson gets his ass canned because of this. Uh, I think he fought it, and I, I, I believe he did win, but I'm not I'm not 100% because it didn't really go into... I couldn't really find anything of whether he did get reinstated or not. Right. Um, but he could have or he might not have. But still, it's fucked up that they needed someone to fall back onto and they you know this poor fucker that was just doing his job gets fucked over but when you think about it i can understand why they would have done this because it's such a high profile case and it's a it's obviously a national case and now the one person that can give you any information on it is dead Mm -hmm. so somebody's got to pay the piper for that but like he said does because apparently they weren't going to give him the death penalty and that's where and the whole, if you guys don't give me what I want, I'll just get what I want anyway. I'll do it myself. Yeah. And he did do it himself, which didn't keep him out of the papers or out of the headlines. Nope. Because Cause uh, obviously uh, we're talking about him. Yeah. So you Keys guys have been was, stressing out for over two weeks on this guy. Yeah. yeah. So Keyes was buried at a private, uh, in a private ceremony. Which is too bad. In uh, uh, Deer Park, Washington. Uh, because that's where, according to the pastor that over you know, oversaw the the ceremony um his family said that the, the location was always for acquaintances of him to show up it was easier because of being there mm. only his mom and a few of his sisters showed up yep so 
None of the other family members. Surprise, surprise. And I, I remember seeing something. I don't remember if it, I remember if it was the pastor or if it was just somebody else that was there that said, Israel is not in a better place. He's no, where he belongs. I, I was actually, yeah. <laughs> so the pastor, which his name, his name was uh, Jake uh, Gardner, mm-hmm. who was a pastor for the Church of whatever the fuck the name of it oh, is. Oh, the Ark, that uh, white supremacist thing they did? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the Ark, yeah. Yeah, mom was still going there. He gave some stuff. He gave several statements to the press mm-hmm. about it, and one of his first statement was that he's not in a better place. He's in a place of eternal torment, as he should be. Purgatory yeah. is too nice for this guy. Yeah, yeah. And then he says Israel rejected the gospel, and thus the outcome of his life is the tragic is this tragic story. Really? Are you fucking kidding? It's the only tragedy is the fact that. The families couldn't get closure. Yeah, the only—I mean, the Koenigs got closure because guess what? But the motherfuckers dead. Ha ha. Yeah, but what he put that family through for exactly months—that's not really months. Closure. There's, you can get all the closure you want. It's not going to make it any better. It's not no. going to bring back your family member, your daughter, no. No. Your brother, your husband. It's not going to bring back anything no. really. No. It's just a shallow victory. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Gardner, who. He, he talks all this stuff like he knows him. Never met him once. No. Never. Well, he probably knew the mom. Met mom. Yeah. Never met him. She says that, you know, he claimed that he had sent several others in one of Israel's sisters to save his soul. Hmm. And make him repent. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he, they tried to get, tried to make him to get God back into his life. Nah, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, let's see. He never had a conversation with him, but he spoke to him, spoke about him like he knew him. But you, you, not to shit on anybody, but you see that a lot. Like if you go to a funeral and you have a priest or somebody there giving the, you know, talking about this person that. The eulogy. Yeah, that they've probably never met. They're like, oh, no, they were a great person. And you're like, you know, yeah. In they the, were, in their, but you didn't know them. Yeah, in their realm, that person was a decent human being. In the private realm, in their soul of soul, the heart of hearts, whatever you want to call it, complete monster. Right. And you well, you guys know from this before, it's like that with a lot of those serial killers is that they have two faces. Mm-hmm. They have the, the Joe everybody, the guy that is everywhere there, always helping out, always a part of everyone. Then you have the other person that is their alter ego. Yep. That is the villain. He the the constant villain always willing to stab somebody in the back, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> if, like it's one of those things that it's amazing that you kinda have to look like take a step back and look at it and go, What like are those type of people all the way around here? Like are they always around where we are? Are people like Truly, or is anyone truly genuine? And it makes you wonder. You know, I, I did. I did watch a thing uh, forever ago. It was uh, some serial killer DVD that I had, where they talk about all these different people. And one of the experts on there said, at any given point in time in the United States, there is bare minimum around fifty serial killers active at any point in time in the United States. Yeah, it's like because if you think about it, the the standard now they've they've changed it. The standard to be a serial killer now is three bodies. It used to be like five, but now it's three. Because there's 
ways to notify people left, right, right. and center. And the yeah. amount of security cameras that there are everywhere, it's so much harder for this for people like this to get away with it. But well, going to the store to go get drinks, the little mom and pop shop that we went to before yep. we started this thing. You could walk around, there's five cameras. Yep. One in each corner and one right at the counter. And there's probably some outside that you don't really pay attention to. But the thing is, this was in 2011, 2012. This is a fairly recent case, and he got away with it for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, That's what's shocking about it's it. It's scary, yeah. There uh, were cell phones then, not the Caterpillar ones. Yeah. The sweet Motorola flip razor things. Right. Do you want to cover the, the suicide note? Uh, I don't really want to. I'll post no. a, I'll post okay, a yeah. link for it. Why, well, is it to... that bad? No, I just don't want to talk about it's, this asshole anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> like no, I said, I'm coming into this completely blind. It's so convoluted as a motherfucker. Yeah, it makes talking no fucking in circles. Sense. Oh, it's yeah. At one point, it's kind of like the government, blah blah blah. This that you're a bunch of assholes, and and then he tries to come in with another point. It's like I'm a victim. I'm doing. He this tries too. to be poetic about it, and you're just like fuck off and just die, please. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of Israel keyed out. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of happy that you guys are finally done with this. That means oh. now I actually can be able to talk to you guys outside <laughs> yeah. of this. That means you guys will have a little bit more pep to your step, more life. Yeah. Because for the past two and a half weeks, you guys have been not talking to me. You haven't been really doing much. You've been like, I see a picture of a whiskey bottle and the progression of it starting <laughs> full to empty. Um, it's just it's amazing that. So you see other podcasts and you're like, hear these kind of like these same kind of stories you guys went through and how terrible it is. You're like, oh, they're just making it up. They're just trying to they're trying to hype it up for the show so the viewers oh, get, God, get no. hooked in. And I was like, oh, that's all they are doing. That's all they're doing. It's just trying to build this, build a fan base, build it up, build it up. And then it's like, before you start this, oh, we're doing this guy. Oh, cool. And then the conversation start to disappear, start to slow down, start to get less and less. And it's now like where I'm trying to pull out of you guys. I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing today? Two hours later, things. I'm like, okay. But so That's second- why I wanted to get on this episode. It was like, I want you guys to kind of let this go and <laughs> give it back my friends. By the stupid s- ass Israel Keys. By the second day Jumbo. researching this guy, I was just like. I fucking hate him. I yeah, want you're not a drinker. Over. You're not a drinker. And when I start no. seeing whiskey bottles start at full, and then every couple hours, it's getting more, less and less, less and less. Yeah, he... Like, I love talking about serial killers and true crime. This guy just got under my fucking skin and, and for the some thing reason. Was, Which you still won't watch Criminal Minds. I, I just... I, Side note, folks, good. this is where we go off the rails to kind of lighten the mood. Criminal Minds was good. It I was. It was amazing. It's a good show. Dude, it's amazing. No, I need to go watch fucking Mindhunter. Mindhunter was good, too. Yes. Um, Actually, scratch that. Mindhunter is what I was meant to talk to about on the, that. on the Netflix. But if you watch that, then you I have want to finish watch. watching that fucking. Um, you uh, have to watch Zodiac after, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Evil Genius on Netflix. I want to finish watching that. That was fucking cool. Um, All right, but, the, but the, the, the funny thing was when we decided to do this guy, we were just like, "Oh, let's let's do a serial killer that's a fucking monster that kind of relates to what we we just talked about." Yeah, and. We're like, okay, well, what about how we got this guy from a fucking episode about werewolves? I have no idea. I, I don't know, but I, I honestly thought you guys picked him just because he did something in Vermont. Well, that's kind of what like, it I turned straight into. up was like, because oh, it was okay. Like, There's no real point. He did a thing in Vermont. Okay, congratulations. And then it's like hearing the last episode, and then being here for this one, and then looking at your notes before we started, and doing a snippet of research. I was like. This guy has so many layers and so yeah. many different things going on that it's like a you shit guys covered in, onion. instead of 
jumping in, like wading into the deep or wow, start over instead of going into the shallow end of the pool, you guys just cannonballed into the deepest part of Lake Champlain. And we can't even fucking swim. No, (laughs) I can swim. Shut up. We jumped right off the fucking bridge. Like, see ya. But did he send you any, like any text messages about like, dude, this motherfucker is um, I like, dude, smacked I, the shit. I wasn't some kidding. Some of the texts I was sending to you, I wasn't even putting spaces in. It was just like I one run-on sentence. I, I wasn't was like, kidding. When you guys started researching this, the conversations b- between the two of you stopped. It's like you guys went into a little room where you had a map with pins and cord and the stereotypical thing you see with a researcher or an investigator. And there's literally pins on a map and there's strings and there's dude, clues here and clues there. And it's like... I'm like, where did my friends go? I locked where them. where did they go and what's happening? And then now I know why. Now yeah. I know. That's why I'm like, okay. I, I, I locked myself in my basement at my computer. I'm like, how I didn't end up with a corkboard and a carton of cigarettes? I have no fucking clue. I'm I was surprised like, you this close. I'm surprised you didn't draw on your wall. <laughs> All works. Who the Who is no Pepe play Sylvia? Makes Kevin a dull boy <laughs> and is repeatedly writing it over and over again. We we were gonna record. We were gonna edit the what was it on a Monday. And we no, we were gonna record on a Monday, and I'm like, dude, I'm not ready for this motherfucker. No, 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 yet. it was edit. We were gonna edit on a Monday, and we sat because we were. It was for uh, the last um, thing we were talked about, which is the, the dog man, dog man and werewolf. werewolf. And we <laughs> started watching this shit about him, the interviews. By the time we were done, we were like. Kevin goes, nah, nah, I don't, I don't feel like editing tonight. How about you? I go, no, because I'm going to go kill somebody because this motherfucker just pissed me right off. I'm going to fly to Alaska, dig this guy up, and kick him in the balls. So before we close out everything on this whole topic, one last thing. Has anyone been in contact with his daughter or his girlfriend at the time? Nope. They literally just disappeared. No, they're or still they're, out there. They, okay. I think – because I would assume that because this is still recent and maybe with this show and everything else like that, someone would be hounding him because it's still fairly recent. Yeah, she's what? Gotta be, she what, she was now? she was ten 18? when he was arrested. So I think just out of respect now. for her, they, nobody's really hounded after because she was just a kid. She she yeah. you know. But you know, so she, I, she, I was just curious had, about that if she's even been remotely in the public eye at all, or if I mean, they're literally just saying. Nope, this was a travesty. This was bad. We're stepping away. Either that We're or, moving yeah, on with she, life. or she went, they went like the full, like the full nine yards, like BTK's family did where they're like, oh, oh, fuck that. We're changing your last names. They moved out of the fucking, out of uh, Kansas. They moved to like Illinois or something. They're like, nope, fuck this. Right. Starting because over. Because the FBI probably got Change the last names and just fucking Yeah, gone. or, oh, it's just ironic that or just weird that we have the same last name. There's no yeah. meaning. Yeah, it, but... You know, eventually, maybe one day, it could be like that guy out in California that just got fucking caught for killing people or whatever. Oh, the East Area Rapist. Yeah, the yeah. original Night Stalker, the which rape. I don't think they're going to have a case against him. Well, they can't. Because, because they obtained his DNA illegally, kind of. Because they, But that's for another episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, wrap this up. Yeah. He's an asshole. something fun. Yeah. He's an asshole. Uh, we're going to post the... I've got a... The notes. I've got a shitload of stuff that's going on in the show notes. Make sure you check it out. There's yeah. all kinds of stuff. And if uh, you want to happen to listen, to, you want to listen to this, um, and you don't have anything to listen to it on, go on to www.studio.com/us and 
check out headphones or earbuds. You, we, and you keep, won't be disappointed. We keep saying, oh, you might find something. No, we're lying to you. You will find something that you will like on there. Yeah, I found something while you guys are going on your tangent. I looked it up. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's going in the cart. And just make sure when when you uh, when you do buy something, you put dark windows in as the promo code uh, at checkout, and we'll take 15% off for you because that's the kind of guys we are. We're a hell of a guy. Yeah. It's, it's not like we're covering that 15%, but... They know nice what a guys. promo code is. Exactly. Anybody that knows anything about online shopping <laughs> know what promo codes are. Yeah. So they, they can, you know, they can go check us, check them out there. And also you, you can get, uh, for the Regents, you can get little snap things. Yeah, the, the, the outside, the, the caps. Yeah. So you can change couple the colors like, of them. Yeah, a couple different variations. They got white marble. Those. They got black marble. They're cool. Yeah, there are some that were wicked cool looking. I was like, hmm. And they're, they're always coming out with new stuff. Um Again, I do want to say uh, from last week, I do want to say thank you again to the girls at Color Me Dead. Uh, Nikki kicked ass and helped us out so much with the last episode that she she really made a lot of it easier to deal with. Exactly. Um, and you. also, like with um, the Facebook thing, go on and check out that uh, searching for Alaska, uh, seeking Alaska is missing, which was set up by uh, Samantha Koenig's father as a, a resource to try to find missing people in Alaska. Yep. Um, and if you want to check us out, check us. We can be checked out on uh, Facebook. Uh, yep. Going to just Dark Windows Podcast. Yep, we're at uh, Instagram and Twitter. Both are at uh, Dark Windows Pod. Uh, you can shoot us an email. You can send us an email. We're at darkwindowspod at gmail dot com. I'd like to thank, welcome uh, our buddy Seth to the crew, Doctor Broadstone. God no, I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. So I, for me personally, I just wanted to say thank you to you guys uh, for allowing me to kind of join in this fun. Fives. High fives. Yeah. Um, also, I want to thank some a special crew at uh, HugeMinis.com. Um, if you're ever looking for anything flock or grass tufts for your miniature uh, gaming bases, check them out. They're really nice. Uh, HugeMinis.com. Uh, they have a current Kickstarter going on right now that is pretty awesome. You can find me at Broadstone underscore, underscore Creations. That's B-R-O-A-D-S-T-O-N-E underscore Creations. So it's kind of a tongue twister, but whatever. It works. Yeah. and Look for Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. That's how you find him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually Tremor. Oh, is it? Shit. Yeah. He's the brown ninja, not the yellow ninja. He's the guy that handles stones. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, you can find me there. Um, I do miniature painting build tiny little plastic robots and robots yeah. now he does this now, yeah, he does now this i'm too. also doing this too and also <laughs> having a family but yeah special yeah. thank you to huge minis special thank you to you guys and always remember hashtag spread the sauce exactly that's a little inside joke with some other friends but you can me. uh and, and and uh wherever you listen to us on go and like and rate review, review subscribe all that good stuff and so that kind of wraps it up for us. Is this where we get to say f- something really funny? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is where I should have put hashtag spread the sauce and kisses. And just remember, just because you can't necessarily see out into the dark, the dark can always see into you. Later, fuckers. Bye. Deuces.